Well, let's do it. Copy that. Dive in. All right. Well, you're listening to uh, go going again. You got with you the, got no uh, like a crazy intro music. Nope. Not yet. No, we got nothing. Yeah. Uh, you should get some explosions. No, we have, well, we, we do, do. We do have. We have an explosion. We actually have an explosion right off the top. Okay, perfect. So, and then it leads us into this. And uh, today, the man's our guest, uh, Adam Winnick. Yeah, Thank man. You. Thanks for having me. There's cameras. Absolutely. Just the one. Just the one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yours. <laughs> we can only afford In a couple of years, it'll be a couple One camera per person. Absolutely. Yeah, we're eventually, we're going to have a nice wide shot. We're going to probably get a dolly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a crane somewhere. A little fish eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fish eye. Yeah. For those yeah. who are smoking pot at home. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Wicked. Absolutely. Well, right on, man. Well, why don't uh, why don't we start here? Uh, just introduce kind of who you are. Um, I mean, you've got like a million things. Yeah, a million things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do a million things because I, I think I, I tend to like my goal. I remember like in high school was to never sit at a desk. I, I can't sit and at a desk. Are. And and while I'm sitting yeah, now, yeah, now <laughs> I'm sitting at a bigger Fuck. desk. But at least I'm sitting with you two, right? Yeah. I worked with you guys uh, on MOK, and I've known you guys throughout the years in the movie industry, and uh, that's how we know each other. I've been um, an armorer in the movie industry for so many years and doing stunt work. Um, most of my sort of career has been in the military for the last uh, 18 years now, uh, as well as a uh, skydiving instructor. And, uh, so wow. That's, that's right. Been... Yeah, man. I see that on your... Uh... Well, skydiving yesterday, the, today of uh, on a podcast. So. What are you doing most? Um, it 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 changes throughout the years. I mean, like um, like right after Afghanistan, when I got back from Afghanistan in two thousand and uh, when was it nine? I was really busy with the military, doing a lot of courses and and uh, doing a lot of uh, exercises and and sort of building up my career through that. Um, then the last couple of years was very busy with the movie industry and um, then back with the army. And then my summers are crazy busy with skydiving. Uh, and now I'm uh, potentially like working on some other things in the future to keep me busy. So stellar, yeah, you know, stellar next chapter and all that. Well, I see you skydiving all the time, yeah. and every you guys in a have while. to go. You know, it should be part of your podcast. Maybe I we'll do. Get some videos going. I want to go. Yeah, Randy's got to go. Yeah, no. yeah, I want to. go. You guys are stud, man. Look at all these studs around <laughs> the wall, like camera guy. Look no, at all my that. my mother went skydiving. Like she's yeah. done it. Um, yeah, but do it as do it a family affair. Family thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah, let's. Do we it. could. I'd be in. I'm in. Yeah, bring the wives, bring the kids, bring everyone. Yeah, I might. I'd I might do a whole family event. I'll make an excuse. I sort of made the pitch to mandy and the girls yeah and i think the girls slower. are more likely to perhaps do it uh than uh than mandy but that's fine that, that, that at least get them started yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know plant that seed and then i think mandy when she sees a video me do or it, two yeah there you go oh yeah and she's all in i think yeah. blair just sold his gear really he's done yeah oh, well, for now man. anyway he's been busy doing other stuff yeah guys retire i mean some guys get spooked just like in anything uh like and as it, in the happens. fear sets in? Is that what you mean? Either the fear sets in or maybe they, they get too scared of complacency or some, uh, like a good friend got hurt um, just, mm. just this past week. Uh, a really like high influential, very experienced skydiver passed away in Ottawa. Uh, and, it, and it goes through the community like that. Just uh, like us, like someone dying on in, in the stunt world. Yeah, you know, doing a yeah. gag. Yeah. So your friend died? 
Um, yeah, I, I didn't know him well. I knew him through through the community, uh, but he's very experienced. And, and like ten, uh, a lot of the times, uh, people getting hurt nowadays uh, because the equipment now is just stellar. It's people pushing the limits and and sometimes taking it a little too far. And um, and so it, it could be complacency. It could be uh, things like that. It could be maybe the wrong input on you know one second, and and in that world, uh, a second is is such a huge timing. But um, if if you take that sport uh, very like respecting the equipment, the weather, your skill level, not progressing high enough, it, it's super safe. Like, but when you do something for so damn long, and it's like a habit. Oh yeah. Or you know. I mean, you could skip a beat, right? I sure, mean, that, that's absolutely. the complacency yeah. thing. Yeah, that's, that's the complacency. complacency. Yeah. yeah. Well, Blair was just busy. He's producing and doing other stuff, so he gave it up. And yeah, he yeah. Go, he may go back. Yeah, you know Blair. Uh, I do know Blair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fellow stunt guy, my cousin. Yeah. Randy's nephew. I mean, um, just like in anything, it could be like like riding a motorcycle or it's just sure. that adrenaline hit that you need. Oh, yeah. Um, I always tell people when I take people skydiving, it's, uh, when I uh, like attach them, throw them out. It's like, you know, some guys, uh, yeah, I, I always introduce when he myself. he attaches them and throws them out. I always attach, yeah. I always introduce myself. Hey, I'm, I'm Adam. I'm uh, your instructor. I'm going to be throwing you out of an airplane. They're like, uh, oh yeah, I guess so. You're right. <laughs> Except I'm going with you. Yeah. But like, it, it's, it's pure adrenaline, right? Some guys smoke it, others stick it in their veins. All we do is jump and like. Right. Oh, I see you. I see you uh, on your Instagram, and you're like, you have to be the most fun. I mean, you must light these people up before they go. You have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to. they're they're freaking out. Yeah. They're well, you get you get freak out. You get people that are super calm. I've seen probably every human emotion known to man. Like I've yeah. I've seen it all. Uh, guys that are you know really pumped up and like yeah let's do this and then the second the door opens like oh my god no no i can't do this really or uh people <laughs> that are freaking out on the ground and then they're super calm in the sky um yeah yeah so like you don't know who that person is until that second you get out of the aircraft and then you know are they going to do everything you told told them to do are they going to enjoy this are they going to freak out like just the other day someone they're like oh is it scary? I'm, I'm just going to close my eyes. I go, why are you closing your eyes? You're paying for this experience. This, Crazy. This 60 second free fall experience. <laughs> Hundreds of dollars. Open your eyes, like soak it all in because you're not going to do it again. Like either, you know, um, <clears throat> they do it once and they're like, yep, check mark. Right. I did that crazy thing. Or they're like, that was amazing. I want to do it again. Uh, but I always get two reactions from it. It's like, that was the best feeling in the world. I want to do it again. Or that was the best feeling in the world. I never want to do it again. And this particular person who wanted to close their eyes, how did it turn out? They loved it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But but even, I I, remember, I was looking through the photos. She did close her eyes for half a second the <laughs> second we left. But that moment is always the best time to look out. How long just, are you in the air? Uh, in free fall, if you're doing tandem, free fall is about 60 seconds uh, average time. And if the parachute doesn't work, it's about... Uh, Two minutes. No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was even at you going. I was sitting here like, what do you mean it doesn't work? No, it's the only thing we have. It is the only thing, yeah. But um, and then um, under parachute, it's like five minutes, just cruising around. Uh, like yesterday, oh, we, I see. Cool. we had some like beautiful clouds. We just carved some clouds, and you know, people you know get a just a crazy experience. Man, like that. that's cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun taking people ah. for the first time. Yeah, because you get a totally different. Well, it, it's like you jumping for your first time every time because they're experience like 
they're coming in for that one shot and I'm doing this daily. Right. Um, like daily and also how many times a day? Like an average, like if it's a good busy day, like 10, uh, the busiest day I've had was 17, 18 jumps. Wow. Uh, and how often time. do you go throughout the whole year? Or no, no, just the winter, just, just summer once. Summer. Yeah, yeah. It, I've, okay. I've done, I've, I've taken people skydiving in the winter. It sucks. It's not fun. It's just why. It's too, yeah, why way, you're wearing way too much clothes. It's a little chilly. It's way too chilly. Yeah, you're going to grab your Arcteryx just you, to go out. Have you ever so. had anybody that wouldn't go that you had to abort? I've had, oh, I've had, yeah, just recently I had a, I've had four, three refusals. And I rarely, like, especially if they're an adult, like, I'm coercing them and talking them through getting closer closer to the door until they don't see me grabbing and, and just tossing them out. Because... Because they'll like it in the end, they'll they'll love it. Um, but sometimes you could feel it inside them that they're like, "I don't want to skydive," um, and th- and that's rare. One just recently, um, I was taking um, a fourteen year old girl, and we take we take minors all the time. They're super excited, but this when a minor doesn't want to go, I'm not going to push it. Sure. I'm not going to make you know uh, traumatize a child. Um, so we had, we had a fun plane ride down and, and, you know, no hard feelings, but if it's an adult, I, I will embarrass them until, yeah. um, and, and guys are the easiest. Cause like guys will be like, you know, like look behind you, you're jumping with your friends. You don't want to, you don't, you don't want to pussy out. You don't want to, you want to jump out of this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, That's I'm true. Not doing this. That's true. Yeah. It usually snaps them out of this, you know, but, um, and then another time he, this guy was absolutely massive. It was the end of the year. It was like late November, freezing cold. He stuck one foot out. He goes, I don't want to do this. And I was like so tired throughout the year. I'm like, okay, great. Just threw it back in, <laughs> closed the door, and went back to sleep. Now, is there a weight Amazing. restriction? There is. There is. Um, typically, it's around 250 pounds. I've taken, my max I've taken was 295. I'll never forget that ride, uh, but I will wow. never do that again. And why? Um, what what happened? You weren't in the air for five minutes. No, no, you you we I, I call them. We, we we make fun. We say like, yeah, we're just meat missiles. Like like yesterday, I took a a two fifty, and and that's up at my max. I've taken two eighties, two six, and that's fine. If someone's like a football player type dude, it, that's great and and really flexible to do the position. That's fine. But we usually cap it at like two forty, two fifty. Uh, but you turn like the yeah, the more weight you have, um, you turn into a meat missile. Like you're just feeling, you're feeling the sound barrier come across you in free fall. Uh, but what it does is like the, the parachute itself has uh, a weight restriction. So you don't want to max it and you don't want to get close to that max because then you're just pushing. It's just like rigging, right? You're not yeah. going to put. Why would you want to do that? The are, maximum stuff on it. Are there different ratings for different parachutes? Like mm-hmm. do they come in different sizes? Yeah, totally. It's just like, um, just like the car industry, there's different models. Um, for tandem, it's very big because we're taking two people. But once you become like a, a certified skydiver and progress, you could start, you know, you, you start on your Honda Civic and then maybe you, you, you go to Camaro and then, oh, now I want a Ferrari. Oh, cool. Um, That's great. So you sort of build to that. And then there's so many different disciplines in, in skydiving uh, from, you know, guys jumping together on their belly to jumping on their heads to guys wingsuiting. Uh, a lot of guys even in Wingsuiting shit is amazing. It, it's crazy. Wow. I've, I've done it once or twice out of an airplane. Um, it, it's just another discipline that I can't get into. It's like too really? much. It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, do you base don't jump? have time for them. Yeah, I've see, done skydiving for me. Yeah. 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 No way. <laughs> yeah. But see tandem, you're attached to someone. You get the full experience without any of the responsibility. Okay. Cause it takes me five minutes. To, 
True. Randy, I took I took a seven year old. You can do it. <laughs> That's totally. the embarrassing part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, do you do anything like that? Base jumper? Do you do you even do it recreationally anymore? Since you have to take people constantly. You know what? It, it the last couple of years has been like you work all day, and then it's like, oh, you want to do a like a fun? We call it fun jump because you're you're not working, you're just jumping with your buddies. And it's just the last couple of years I've been really bad at this because I've just been so tired. And at, at the place I worked at, at, at Sky of Ontario, um, I've been there for like five years. My buddy uh, Jeff owns it. Awesome dude. Um, we, um, I, I always take the bigger dudes because like the other instructors are like, no, I'm done. I'm done taking heavy guys. Um, and I usually feel bad because, you know, they come in a group. And there's there's one guy can't skydive because he's just like above the limit, and I'm I just like okay, let's do this, and I'll take them, and and they have, have uh, a better experience. But like after like a full day of that, like I'm I'm like beat, like your body really, is eh? destroyed. Yeah, yeah you get like, kind of wiped out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, uh, you know, uh, also like years in the army and like just uh, destroying your body, I gotta now like it's like you can't do everything you did like in your 20s where you just like got up and did it it's like now i gotta i gotta schedule in some stretching and before i gotta stretch it oh, i gotta yeah. do some stretching after i gotta you know drink some electrolytes i gotta like oh hell make yeah make sure i have enough water like not crazy. unlike the stunt business yeah, yeah. no no yeah. it's similar similar exactly yeah young did guys you... jump up i tell oh, them yeah. don't jump up so yeah. fast what's the producer paying for Pretend, exactly. Pretend yeah. you're hurt. I even see that with <laughs> yeah. younger instructors in, in skydiving or younger um, uh, like um, leaders in the army. It's like, oh, relax. Like you're, you're gonna break yourself, uh, or if you know they're they're eager enough to, to to take multiple. It's like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll sit this one out because you know I've, you you do it all, but you want uh, a break now. You want to. Oh yeah, breathe and no enjoy yourself a little bit more. Did you learn to skydive in the army, or was no, it something so you did? It's something I did. Um, I I tried it when I was eighteen with a couple uh, bunch of friends. I I remember I signed up fifteen people to go because everyone like you know you're at the bar you're like do you want to go skydiving? <laughs> it's like yeah absolutely let's do it. I'm like great signed up people and it's like okay we're going next weekend. I got this. I got that. I can't do this. I can't excuses out the out the window and only three friends showed up. We did a whole course, um, jumped out of an air, uh, airplane. I remember half my butt was in the airplane, half my butt was outside at 3,000 feet, and uh, I just got hooked. And then I did it six times, I remember, and I couldn't afford it because I was 18, and it was like tough time to drive up there and all that. But then I, right after um, I got back from Afghanistan, my, my uh, deployment out there, I um, had all this, I, I had some money to burn. I wanted to get into skydiving. I said, I'll, I'll just take this summer, get my license. And see if like this is for me and then got my license and then i kept uh kept going Good then story. then i got um then as i progressed throughout the military then i became a paratrooper in the military but didn't really totally different it's different than skydiving because mm. there i'm falling out you know out of a giant plane with 40 50 400 other uh guys out in the battlefield uh, carrying multiple pounds of gear or weapon or, or you know snowshoes in the winter um, it's like and, tandem with a guy who's uh, oh, that's with, a cakewalk with, with everything he's wearing, but you've left him behind. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> cakewalk, yeah. totally different. Interesting. Um, but it, it's also um, weaved in because uh, a couple years later, um, I tried out for the parachute demo team that the the army has called the Skyhawks, 
and tried out and got on. Uh, and I used my sort of civilian qualifications to get on that because it's all um, like demonstrations and air shows. So you're not really doing like military style jumping. You're, you're doing more entertainment jumping to okay. represent, you know, you represent like sort of like an elite sort of like skydiving unit and that we do like harder tricks. It's uh, badass. Yeah, it's badass. It's fun. It was fun. Does the army have more than one of those teams? No, just uh, we're we're the Canadian Army. We're very small. We have a very small team. On my year, we only had thirteen guys. Uh, in the states, the, a lot of different army units have the similar teams, uh, but here in Canada, we just have the one team, which is just it's almost fifty years old. That that team from the nineteen seventy one. Did you ever jump at the North Bay Air Show? North Bay couple, Air couple, Show, maybe three or four or five years ago. Maybe. Just I was on the team in 2011. North Bay doesn't remember, but I did so many air shows that I can't even remember. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Like, we even did one that I think <clears> it was like Coehill, Ontario, that we did in front of 20 people. Oh, wow. Brought in a huge military aircraft because, like, they booked the Skyhawks for the weekend. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Before we move on. Yep. You want a shot of something? Sure. Why not? Yeah. It's uh, midday. Scotch or whiskey? Uh, whiskey. Okay. Yeah, more of a... All right, all right. Well, I'm gonna crack this here. I'm not a, I'm not. I don't like the peatiness of uh, scotch. Ah, copy. Right. We weren't sure. We had a bottle of scotch here, but you did say whiskey, and I thought, oh well, let's do that. That's cool. Um, um yeah, no. Uh, I've had an opportunity to go skydiving. I've been asked, and I was one of the other uh, that weren't the three that went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know what it is. There's, I love to fly, and I love helicopters. I've hung yeah. outside them. See, I hate to fly. I just like getting out of the plane. Oh, is that right? Oh my god! Like the second there's a bump or turbulence in the airplane, I am just ready to get out that door. Like, <laughs> there's there's too many. It, it's it's just a, to me, it's just a metal box with wings that like. Well, it's basically what it is. Yeah, there's, there's See, too I, many gauges, too but many then, wires. To me, it's just a sheet with a bunch of strings. Yeah. yeah but, <laughs> But it's my sheets and strings, and it's Oops. I have con- well, maybe I suppose, maybe it's a control aspect of it. Uh, you know, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Like I don't like uh, carnival rides mm. because I don't like being out of control. Sure, yeah, I, I feel that. Uh, I was just at Wonderland the other day, and uh, I definitely felt that. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. This is uh, interesting. Absolutely, thanks for coming out, man. It's wild. It's experience. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, man. All right. Um, Shawnee said something, uh, our friend Sean Lawrence. I got to get here. you some coffees. I like, I think my buddy makes coffee, uh, zero dark coffee. I'm, I always rep it here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll try to bring some for you guys next time. Cool. Or, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah I wouldn't mind some coffee. Yeah, there you go. Um, Sean had mentioned something about, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, about, um, not being able to shoot at a, uh, oh, a, at, at, at a paratrooper. On the battlefield, uh, yeah. So there, there the are Geneva these Convention. like there are these like Geneva Conventions and like uh, international laws of what you can cannot do. There is written down where like you, you're you have to give the opportunity of the paratrooper to come down to that when he hits the ground, then you could fight him because he's unarmed and defenseless as he's flying through the air. But you think I don't know why that seems like a contradictory. Yeah, I'm a, with a you. contradicting sort of uh, aspect of fighting in there war. Well, there there is always an aspect of fair play in any type of uh, you know world conflict, uh, but it's just is sometimes. Only, but it, a lot of times, sometimes only one side is playing by the rules. So, but really? and you still have to okay. maintain those rules throughout. 
I mean, like case in point in Afghanistan, like uh, the Taliban aren't, uh, uh, you know, a fighting force with a uniform out there that, you know, that we know all their different positions. They're, they're going through the crowds or they're uh, mingling with the population. They're in and out. They're not wearing, you know, the uniform. They're wearing uh, regular clothes. So it's like they're not playing by the rules and, and doing like really dangerous stuff to, you know, civilians and other populations just to, you know, huh. cause havoc. Um uh, that that that's what makes that that type of you know okay fighting very difficult right? well because because you have to play by the rules and they're not yeah exactly exactly so now i i had i had a, i had a book of rules always in my pocket it's like sometimes you even have to like you're out there it's like okay this is happening or like, can i do this 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 and or there's like a procedure of like fuck what crazy you have to do this before you do this before you do this <laughs> well there, i don't think there's a world war ii movie out there with paratroopers in it that have not been shot at. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's Hollywood. But well, it do, it does seem. So kind we of were weird. surprised when we found out that the Geneva Convention says. And now, yeah, it should be the like. Don't quote me on the exact. It could be Geneva Convention or some sort of international law, but I that is like written down for sure. But I doubt you know. But it also comes to the fact that most paratrooper units, you have to be. If you're the force and you see paratroopers coming down, you got to be careful because like it's in our doctrine as paratroopers to no matter how what our size is, we're going to wreak some sort of havoc because we forget like what paratroopers are designed to do. Their their sole job is to get into the country quicker than anyone else and primarily to seize like airports and, and major infrastructure just so you could start building out from there. Hmm. So it, it, it's like hard, fast, and dirty. And, um, but when you, you, so when you do jump in, you're surrounded by the enemy. So you either, you know, account for like guys getting hurt and you, you, you meet up at your, you know, meeting area, you figure out how many guys you have. Can I complete my mission? What can we do to, you know, really, we want to get this job done. We were sent uh, you know, behind enemy lines, we got to get a, a job done. So the mentality of paratroopers is a lot more scarier. So I could imagine, like, if I was the enemy, I'd be scared of guys like jumping out of airplanes too. So I'd try to shoot them down too. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it feels like something like if you're shooting at a helicopter in the first place, and then a guy jumps out of the helicopter, you kind of like. Yeah, that guy. That guy who jumped out has no fear. So you got to be careful of that guy. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. true. True, yeah, man. That sounds freaking nerve-wracking. How old were you when you joined the Army? Uh, 18. I, I joined the Reserves when I was 18. I, You know, you, you're in that uh, high school. Uh, everyone's, I remember, like, signing yearbooks. You know, you're going to this, you're going to that. And I really realized, like, after a asking people, because I didn't know what the hell I was going to do after high school. And you say, like, um, oh, what? Oh, I'm going into accounting at U of T. Oh, great. Oh, you love numbers? You love math? It's like, no, nah, they make the most money. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I want to be a lawyer. Oh, cool. You like legal stuff? It's like, no, they make the most money. And and to me, that that boggled my mind. It's like, that's not a, a reason know, to a reason to do it. It's not an adventure. And um, I, I I did a boot camp when I was 16 in Ukraine. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, I did like, um, it was through my scouts program. And I really liked the camaraderie that, that was asked uh, in that. And I figured, you know, um, I'm Canadian, first generation born here. Might as well give back, have that like sense of adventure, challenge myself. Uh, Hell of a challenge, man. Yeah, well, yeah, and like, just like skydiving, just like anything is like, I like to do stuff like other people don't want to do or don't want to. Did you always to feel like you were risking your life? Uh, 
risking my life. Did it feel like that? Well, when you were in Afghanistan, I mean. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I think, yeah, you you do a lot of training. I remember we trained for like 12 months before going over there. And you're bombarded with like what to expect. And that's fine. You need to experience everything. So when it does happen to you, you know, like what they say, it's like the, the more you sweat in the uh, training, the less you le- bleed in the battlefield. And also things that what you're going to expect mm. culturally, um, you know, even the the disasters of warfare. Um, I, I when I, I think the first two weeks, you're a little bit nervous because, you know, you're worried about, you know, you hear horror stories of like someone stepping on an IED or stepping on a on a. Uh, on a mine because uh, half that country was mined uh, from when the Russians were over there. Um, but to me, like there was this sort of moment that uh, I, I haven't shared this often, but there's this moment where I, I just thought to myself, when I when I put that gear on in the morning, I'm like, okay, today's my last day. And um, when I said that to myself, it was just like the easiest day. It's like, um, got in the truck, we did our thing. If I needed to stick my head in a culvert to check for a bomb, no worries. Cause like if anything, if something goes off, I want to be gone. So you resolved yourself to the worst moment Yeah. before wow. you even set yeah. out. It, it was super comfortable though. Like right after that, it's like, <clears throat> look, what do I have to worry about? If, if that happens, it happens. I'm already here. I'm here to do a job. Um, and I'd rather that happen to me than I would happen to like my crew or like my my team, uh, my truck team. Um, I remember like the first time stepping out and like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like, because I was sent there for, uh, I was they're part of a convoy security team. Um, when I uh, volunteered to go overseas, they just, um, they fitted me into a platoon that they needed sort of my skills as a, at the time um, I was a machine gunner and, and more operated outside vehicles than, so my crew stayed in the vehicle. I was the guy that always goes outside the vehicle. Like whenever we stopped or if we got hit by a bomb or prep for this, prep for that, um, I'd get out. And the only time I was like really nervous is is the first time like checking something and clearing it and then letting my buddies pass it. Because that would like absolutely kill me if like I said it's A-OK and then I like my buddies got hurt on that. Um, so it's more comfortable me doing things and, you know, I think in, in any type of war and, and your, you know, um, or deployment, you, the sort of the common denominator and all that is, is really not the whole mission in itself too. It's like taking care of your buddies. It's the guy beside you. You don't want that other person to get hurt. He's protecting you. Your team's protecting the convoy. The convoy's protecting the whole, uh, supplying the base. So by you just protecting your dudes, you're doing so much in in the in the, in, the broader, in the in the grand scheme of things too. So if you if you take it down into what you're actually doing as a soldier, it makes it a lot easier. So I think to me it's like I'm, I'm here at war. I'm designed to be, uh, you know, a, a protector, a fighter. So it's like, why be I'm, scared of something coming at you? I imagine that if something brutal happens too to a teammate uh, or a member or whatever, um, that that um, it must do something to the old psyche there for a second. Oh, for sure. Because like you, you don't want any of your buddies to suffer or, um, right. Um, yeah. And thankfully like not, no one got really hurt in my platoon over there, but I knew some friends that, that got hurt. Uh, and that sucks, but it's also expected. It's part of the job. I yeah. Mean, it's in my job description. As I joined the infantry, your job is to destroy. So 
if your job is is uh, infantier or rifleman to destroy something to destroy the enemy you have to expect that the enemy is trying to destroy you right so you have to take that into respect you have to respect that side of their fighting too and once you understand that it's you're gonna get more comfortable you, you know you want to be less uh you want the the enemy to be more fearful of you than you of the enemy because there's no way you're gonna you know surpass hmm. them doing what what they do i'm sorry i'm just trying to think of a joke and you just can't <laughs> yeah yeah there's no joke in here oh, that's right, that's is, but you know they, see we you know, i play guns for a living you know 40 years as a stunt guy just enjoying my life um and but i'm talking to a young man that's gone through this it's crazy mm -hmm. yeah uh it's it, and it's weird too <clears throat> i remember uh and i i don't think i've done much as a, as a veteran but i've done a, a little uh, you know stroke of the paint in the big picture of you know um especially the afghanistan deployment my my time uh in the army but like my my unit um has been fighting for Canada since be beginning of Canada. So like I've, I've talked to veterans from World War One, World War Two. Um, I remember sitting down in France and um, a vet, um, uh, Jack Hadley, uh, he stormed the beaches of Normandy and we we're drinking together in France, celebrating um, him and his brother and what they did over there. And he's like, you're crazy, man, for going to Afghanistan. I go, what? You stormed a beach <laughs> full of Germans. That they've made movies about. That they've made movies that fought for years over yeah. there. And I, shot I, I did a couple troopers. months. Yeah. That's, like, they, <laughs> like, it's insane. And, they, and like that weird sort of respect back and forth. But I couldn't take what he was doing. But maybe it was different in his time. Like, it, um, it, it's crazy to see, hear all these stories that you don't hear about even in the movies that are part of our history, too. Um, but they've done more wild stuff than I have. And, and they think, you know, and, and they were my age, even younger. I was 21 when I was over there and they were 19, 18. Well, what is that that they're thinking when they say that stuff to you? <sighs> what, I, what I, you think, I think it's just an experience thing. That, like your, your experience is different than mine. I, I did a show once where I had to jump through a window playing a cop because the bad guys found out we were cops. And the guy put a newsie in my mouth and I jumped out through the window. At lunch, the two cops that actually did this, the one guy says to me, he says, you stunt guys are so brave, man. Yeah, yeah. I said, let's put a little perspective on this, brother. You yeah, did man. it in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember Jack telling me the, that night, he goes, um, <laughs> he goes, I go, Jack, you're fighting Germans. He goes, yeah, at least I knew they were German. They were wearing a different uniform. That's me. true. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and huh. that was, the, the, to him, that was easier. And to me, that that's just crazy. Like, wow. That's it's, interesting, um, though. It's a, it's a totally different uh, sort of. Uh, he was fighting it's completely a war, war, a different war, yeah, different. War. But different both sides different. were probably playing by the rules to some degree. To, to some degree, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, I'm speechless. <laughs> well, okay. So now, uh, was it night and day when you started? Like when you had to, when you were deployed? Yeah. Was it literally like, well, we were in uh, Canada, and now we're. In a desert, or where? Yeah, what I mean, happened there? You do feel comfortable, at, like training for what you do, but until you like, you know, it's like practice, you know, uh, playing baseball and then playing an actual game, right? Um, and that's one of the things that sort of propelled me, and even my buddies that we all like signed up together to go overseas to get that, um, uh, to get that experience, because you look at the older vets, and and it's like, 
okay, they've they've shown what they've done in training in the real world. Uh, I want to see that too. Um, but it was a night and day because once you're out there, it's like a different planet. Like uh, that whole country is like like uh, like the moon. It's super hot, cold in in the uh, summers, or uh, cold in the, at night, even in the summers, uh, boiling hot and during the days. Um, you're force force drinking water like crazy just mm-hmm. so you don't get dehydrated and get heat stroke. Um, so there's like different like living aspects out there, but in a weird way it was super comfortable because like there's no nine to five no monday to fridays i didn't even know it was my birthday until i checked my email that night and i go oh guys it's my birthday wow oh cool (laughs) uh let's celebrate tomorrow because we got to wake up at 5 a.m tomorrow oh my god um so like that aspect was kind of nice um so are you you're on seven days a week no no like uh we were mostly we had two different uh teams so we just traded one day on one day off so we get a break and then go on because you'd be on the road for eight to twelve to fourteen hours. Some 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 positions we had to resupply were so far away that we had to spend the night uh, out there um, because um, we had a mandate at that time to not drive at night because it just it's just easier if we do get into a fight to fight during the day. Sure. Um, yeah. Wow. Right on. Um, <clears throat> a thought that comes to me: you've lo- you had lost friends there. <clears throat> No, I've I've had um I I knew a lot of people that got uh, that um have died over there, but uh, my close friends I I know some guys that got hurt that that got hit by some uh, robot roadside bombs and and uh, and different attacks, uh, but they survived. So uh, no one like super super close to me, but uh, I've, uh, um a friend of mine close to it. A friend of mine painted the portraits of honor, uh, Dave Sofa. Oh uh, wow! God bless me, he passed away. Um, but uh, have you ever seen the painting? Um, at, no. the en- at the end of this, no, uh, yeah, I'll show you the painting. He um, he did. That's yeah, amazing. Uh, all the all the young people who were uh, killed in Afghanistan, he put them on a painting, and the painting's massive. And he and he painted a, t- a poppy on the painting for every Canadian soldier oh, wow. who's ever passed away in a conflict. Oh wow! Since Canada okay. started. Very interesting. Yeah, it's beautiful. Wow, that's a lot. I'll show you. It's yeah, it's a hell of a painting. Yeah. It's amazing though too. It's like uh, being in the army for so many years, and then hearing like older guys that came before me that are retired, or um, the stories of like I'm I'm so proud of my regiment and what they've done for a hundred and I think 164 years now, um, and just to be wearing the same uniform as the and wearing the same cap badges as the guys that fought in World War One and World War Two and Korea um the boer war there's some like badass like stories badass heroes and we don't hear that enough like we 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 hear a lot of like the american stuff and sure um, hopefully in the future i'd always love to like produce or or even help make something like a like a band of brothers but like canadian because i think we have way cooler content well, you, you can do that Americans. but uh you know your budget shit yeah so. my budget shit right now but we'll, <laughs> so, we'll see what happens in the future <laughs> when, when if when I need a, I'll, I'll get Randy as my stunt coordinator when we get there. Yeah, you know what? You know who I'm gonna get as the gun wrangler? Yeah. Well, we'll get Charlie. We'll get Charlie. I might be. I'm moving up to. I'll move up to another bit. But uh, yeah. Um, all right. We'll definitely need proper blank fire guns for that type of production. But uh, that's um, my dream that, right now. Just like Mayor of Kingstown. Yeah. Look what we did. Yeah, man. H- hundreds of guns, tens of thousands. Tens of, blanks, of thousands of blanks, and not a single issue. Not, not a single issue. Now speaking of which that, which brings up. Mm. Well, you know, 
I saw uh, Paul on set yep. the other day, and he happened to mention that uh, since... So I could say who Paul is. Paul is one of the senior armors at uh, Movie Armaments Group. Uh, okay, okay. The largest uh, weapons uh, supplier for movie sets that I work for as well as a, as a on-set armor. And Charlie, Absolutely. Charlie's coming. Charlie's coming? Yeah, awesome, yeah. yeah. yeah there you go, yeah. And of course... Uh, you might need longer than three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, there's a lot of opinions on, on certain things, but Paul had said to me that uh, since the Rust situation happened... Um, uh, and for those who, who don't know what that is, uh, it was a, a, a film produced by Alec Baldwin shooting in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, where Alec Baldwin, uh, handling a gun, uh, shot something. Inadvertently. Uh, inadvertently, yeah, out uh, out of the gun, uh, and which hit the cinematographer and unfortunately killed, yeah. killed, killed, yeah. killed the cinematographer. Um, and went through her and... and- Shot, and an incredibly, the director. yeah, yeah, the director. yeah, and it's, I mean, it's incredibly sad, obviously. It, it, what a uh, terrible, uh, just everything day on set, day for family, day for everybody, yeah. Um, but Paul had mentioned that since uh, that happened, that he has been asked a few times how they are going to make things safer, yeah. yeah. I have my opinion that, uh, going with you guys, Paul and all you guys, yeah. uh, would be the safe way to go. Yeah. That that should be the first move on any production to just go with someone who's safer. Why why the why you're being asked to do things safer when I've worked with you guys a million times and I mean without a doubt uh, the safety is like through the roof. Sure. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just a lack of experience on the person that asked the question. The person doesn't know guns, they don't know how to It do- is, but what what I mean this is a professional person. No, it's such but, an ignorant well, question. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, well, from what I heard on that set, and of course I wasn't there, but uh, a lot of protocols were broken. And mm-hmm. um, I see it on set here, not to a degree with someone getting hurt, but um, you know, you hire all these experts. You hire stunt guys, stunt coordinators, camera guys who are the best in the business. And then you hire gun guys who are running the guns. And there's been so many times on set where everyone's a gun expert except for the gun expert. Like all the time I'm questioned about why, like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? I go, it's safe. That's safe. That's not safe. And it goes both ways where I'm like, um, there's times where it's like, um, you know, can we do this? Uh, Can we do this shot? I go, uh, yeah, yeah, we could do it. We could do it. Super simple. Nice. uh, All the safety. We'll do this, this, and this. Okay, no, no, we won't do it. We'll do CGI. I'm like, I'm ready to go. We got blanks. You guys, you know, order me here. Let's just, we could shoot it. And, and it's getting to a point where it's like, okay, this is not my show. It's not this. But it's like, why don't you, I'm here to have this service for you. And then you're going to CGI. And then constantly I get the actors complaining because they're not, they want to shoot the real things. They want that feeling. Um, but like, it, it's, you you can't recreate that and you know, pretend like I remember, um, we did blanks all day long and then they wanted to switch to gas guns. And I go, why? They're like, Oh, it's safer. It'll be quicker. I go, no, it's not just, but they don't want to wait that extra three minutes of me making it safer on set, uh, checking it. They want to cut this little time off. And then I give the actor a rubber gun and they're like, what? And they have to pretend like, boom, 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 boom. And like, then they're going to add it in later. It's, and the I, recoil is always phony. Always phony. Always, always. Oh. And not only, I mean, there's also, I don't know how many times I've seen a stunt guy oh, actually oh. go, chew, 
Choo, yeah. or pew, pew, yeah, yeah. on set. And, you know, I was on set once right. where a guy was doing that, and the stunt coordinator literally pops his head out and goes, you can't do that. Stop going pew, pew. Yeah. yeah they don't put in the sound effect. I'm not going to mention any shows, but there was a show that we worked on for, like, multiple seasons doing blank gunfire, no problem. Mm. The second something happens in New Mexico, now I'm the issue, and now I have to, now they're bringing me for, like, rubber prop guns, and that's fine. They want to be extra safe, but like, how safe do you need it? I made a procedure when I'm on set. Anytime I'm on set with live firearms, it's me and the actor. There's zero middlemen. Not even props are allowed to touch my guns. So when props gives an actor a gun, they know it's fake from the props people. When they, I give them a gun, they know it's real, and I'm going to tell them why it's real, and then I'm going to tell them why it's safe, and then they're comfortable with it. And then that's it. It ends there. But when you start mixing, matching, giving the actor... And and that's fine for an actor not to like know the safety. I would love to. I think every actor needs to do some sort of gun course because there's uh, so many times I'm on set where I I come in and bring a gun to an actor and they do a take and they look awful and I go out right after cut. I go like, what? Can I just ask you what's your character like? Oh yeah, my character's been uh, 30 years in the army or um, uh, ex special force. I go, well, it doesn't look like that, buddy. And they're like, really? I go, I, did you did the studio you know do any uh, training or this? And they're like, no, I, I just this audition. never happens. Never happens. It's never happens. Um, MOK was the only time when I actually got to train Hamish properly and not just like how to make it look good on camera. I took him through training that actually felt more military like that. He's actually you know, doing what we actually do out in the, out in the real world. And he appreciated that. It looked way better on camera. 100%. Um, now, did you watch the show? Oh, I watched the show, yeah. Did you see, Did you, you must have seen hiccups. There's, there's, there's minor hiccups here and there, but it's not the hiccup of, I think, us or the stunt guys or even Hamish. Uh, no. It's the hiccups of the editing. I think the editing, sometimes they're in the editing bay and they think they, that looks cooler or that makes sense. Uh, or they add different sounds to things that don't really uh, mm-hmm. make sense. It's 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 more their fault. So, you know, yeah, we can only yeah. do we can only do so much <laughs> at the time of filming. It's still a movie. After it's sent, it's still a movie. Yeah, and, it's still and a we movie. don't own it. So, you know, you just gotta accept it. I remember um, I did this scene, um, and this lady did the like stupidest move with a gun. Like it looked so corny and I just go up to her and I go, what's, what's your character? She goes, Oh, I've been in the CIA for, you know, (laughs) however long, 25 years. And I go, okay, well, listen, if, if, if your character like really knows, I go, does your character really know how to use guns? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. I'm like one of the best shooters. I go, okay, cool. So you're going to do this move next. Like, it's really cool. And I'm just showing it to you. Do you want to use it? She goes, yeah, that that looks awesome. So she does it director snaps who who taught you that and she goes points at me adam did who's that adam i go yeah i'm just the armor i just i gave my opinion i get it it's your show and he yells at me he's like it wouldn't work because of this that or this like what do you know and like trying to like one-up me and i I don't i don't care i'm just the actor asked me a question uh i gave the opinion she used it and then i just let him like yell over me because like there's there's no fighting a director on on set right like he's he's gonna go after and and not not all directors are are held to work with but like <laughs> others will be listening to you and 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 taking your expertise uh, to heart, um, but uh, I go on Netflix and I saw the show and I go to the episode I'm like oh I know I was out working on episode and they use my move to a T and for multiple angles and it looked better like so <laughs> well 
no doubt. But but it's always the the expert is never the expert. It's always um, like I give a safe gun and then someone's questioning me in the back. How is it safe? Let me know it's safe. And I told everyone it's safe. Like, guys, relax. I am here. I'm not going to make anyone get hurt. Like, I this is more my responsibility than anyone else. Like, you're not questioning the camera guy or the crane guy or even the grips guy to make something, you know, attach. You're not checking his, you know, his his bolts. You're not checking um, lightings. Uh, mm-hmm. Electrical, or are there or how are, they put a sandbag on the stand? Or they put the sandbag on the stand? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, is, absolutely. The, is the generator putting the right power? Is this thing so it's like you got to let the person do the job? If not, then yeah, go to plastic guns and, and look the cheaper point, and man? cheaper. Well, but, when it comes to rust, the one of the, the one of the primary issues is that the armorer, the young lady, was not even in the room. Exactly, the guns yeah. were on a table in the room. And yeah. it was the first AD that handed that gun over. Yes. Now, that said, <clears throat> who put the shells in the gun? I mean, the the first AD handed the gun to Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin put it in his holster. But who put the shells in the gun that put mm-hmm. them on the desk? Um, the moment I heard this happened, somebody said it's in New Mexico. Immediately it goes to... Oh, there it's new mexico yeah i mean the, the, the crew's out plinking at lunch they, they're plinking at lunch um you know uh, guys have uh, guns in their vehicles there's sure bullets and that's fine you, you got to respect that because you know their their gun laws are a little more relaxed down in the states but that's nevertheless they had a scene with a gun in there why isn't the armor there um to for someone to take something off someone's table I remember getting yelled at by, I forget who, I moved the table on set and I got like just yelled at up and down for moving something that wasn't mine. So how dare someone take uh, a poor, especially a young armor, I think I think that was their first show. Second. Second show, taking it off the table and giving it to an actor saying it's safe. Of course the actor is going to feel safe with that. And there's multiple times I give an actor, I go, because there's, there's only so many times in the day I have to check that it's clear. I go, listen, buddy, like we've been working together for days. Like I'm giving you a safe gun. He's like, okay, cool. It's safe. I could, I could point at people. I could do my scene. Right. Um, but, uh, for someone to grab someone else's, uh, equipment, give it to an actor and say it's safe when he's not the expert in it. Like that, that's wrong. You can't even almost blame the actor at that point. But the, that, that point too, the actor should have been like, okay, whoa, whoa I'm using a gun. Where's the armor? Not the props person. I want to know what this is. And uh, well, that I mean, at the end of the day, well, I'm sure Alec Baldwin himself has held, handled a gun or two in his time. For sure. Yeah. You know. Um, now, having said that, I'm sure if you look back through his list of movies, I'm sure a lot of them are dramas. Maybe he hasn't. I have no. I actually don't know. Although I am a fan. Um, do you? It was it was anything about what happened his fault. I think there's a like, yeah. It's weird because I don't want to go too legal, but I think it, it part of it is in in anyone doing that job. If you're using that type of equipment, you should be proficient at it. Like you know, you're not going to give a stunt driver a vehicle he's never driven before um, just to do something on the take. And I think actors need to have that extra step of even either asking um, the production to pay for it or getting extra training or doing it on their own. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I want, I'm starting up um, a class just regarding with firearms on movie sets because I've been training actors so many times and they see other actors, like especially background and, and guys that are just starting off the business, like, oh, I want to learn that. It's like, well, production's not paying me to train you and I got to train this person. 
you know, just hold the mm-hmm. weapon and hold the coin. But they want to learn that. And and then I started realizing, like, no one's going to get the experience from, you know, um, years of, of the army and, and um, being on set and, and knowing uh, how to actually use those firearms. So um, it's my way of sort of, uh, f- sort of showing what we do on movie sets. Also, I think it's important now with the Alec Baldwin thing coming out is having that safety i was originally gonna th- i was thinking of doing it with like uh fake firearms uh but char i was talking to charlie uh, and just to sort of bring back that culture of safety i want to show how the gun is safe how if i do see a gun how do i make it safe how do i you know be mm. comfortable with it because now when i when i do have time to train actors we start from square one like how do you make this gun safe because i don't want I'm, I'm almost tired to a point where I just give a gu- actor a gun. F- okay, this has got 30 rounds. You're going to shoot in this direction, this and that. And it's like action. Brrr, and then they you take it back and they don't do anything. Like um, with Hamish, it was, it was great. We, we do blank fire, go Hamish. Here's a magazine. Load it, ready it, check it. He did everything a regular, like a regular SWAT guy would do. Does a scene and clears himself. Like, And he has that confidence of doing that. And he, we, we don't have to baby it. There's so many like actors that you have to baby make sure they're doing everything safe or they'll just be like i'm done with this um yeah make it safe for me and not just actors yeah stunt guys, stunt guys, too. A lot of guys. Yeah. um there was a show where, where they didn't want the actress to fire a gun but i trained her co-star and i trained her younger like eight-year-old self the actor was playing her eight-year-old oh wow so okay. i was she was shooting a cannon like a, it was like an eight millimeter. It was it was a huge rifle. Talk to the parents. She was cool. I go, yeah, we could train kids. Like like she's gonna use it. And and she had a great day with. It. I I filmed it, sent it to uh, the director. Like, why aren't we training her in this? And they're like, oh, we don't want to get her hurt. I go, she's not gonna get hurt. And then the next day, they they wanted two hours of training. And then you know, I even I always show like a confidence too. No matter like if it's a period piece where they're shooting like western guns. Or just take them on like some crazy machine gun just so they could feel that power, feel that like uh, control mm-hmm. afterwards and then say like, oh, that's safe. Like you've been doing this for so many years, especially Charlie. He's been in the business for so many years. It's complacency is what hurts you and breaking protocols. Like stop breaking protocols. Listen to the people who are the experts in the room. You know, uh, yeah. I remember they said like, oh, we can't do the scene. It's unsafe. And I go, whoa, who said it's unsafe? Like they wanted a big gunfight. And they're like, okay, we're going CGI because uh, it's unsafe. I just heard the uh, first AD say that. And I go, I go, hey, uh, who said it was unsafe? I didn't say that. And he goes, oh, well, it's probably unsafe. I, you know, um, I don't, I go, and I look at the scene. I go, no, we've done that like a thousand times. Yeah, I could do it. Don't tell me that. Then, then the director wants live gunfire. I go, cool, let's do it, man. Like you, you're paying for this. Let's just, let's light up the sky. Let's do this. Like it could be safe. It's good. But. It seems like there's like a misconception, uh, and especially I, I imagine, especially in Canada, where people are like afraid of touching a gun. They're, yeah. you know, they're just like there's literally a gun, and they're like, you know, like it's gonna explode yeah. in their hands or shoot somebody, and they're gonna yeah. Be just murders. the other day, I had to bring in a, a deactivated firearm, can't be used. It's it's welded shut, and I put it on the table. Make my announcement, guys. It's safe. The only thing that this way could hurt you if I throw it at your face. Like, <laughs> it's sitting on the table all day, and then people coming up to me. He's like, is that gun safe? Is that gun safe? I go, didn't you make an announcement in the morning? There is no live guns anymore. You guys don't want any more live guns anymore. So, like, we'll just sit back, and you guys could pretend. That's fine. That's what you want to feel safe. But you've been safe for X amount of seasons prior. Like, what's the difference? 
I imagine that uh, with, uh, uh, you know, just like the gun thing, you know, um, where people, in, especially in our country, are so inexperienced with uh, holding a gun or yeah. what it, that, that they have that fear of it. But I'll bet that if they, if they rode a bicycle to work every day, um, and you told them the statistics regarding a car, yeah. uh, they oh, would yeah. probably say the same thing. Well, you no one needs a car. You can work up the road. Sure. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. You know, but yeah. but because we're all uh, meant to be so familiar with cars and not guns, uh, that's just how we naturally feel about cars. And, you know, when you go down to America and, and guns almost feel in, in certain states kind of like a car does here. Sure. It, it's it's definitely more part of the culture, but it, it, that's in anything. Like someone could take a car and hurt you. Like anything could be used as a tool of violence. Um and of course, uh, a gun is is a form is a tool for violence, but that is the tool. It's the intention behind that. So um, we have you know totally different laws here, and and everyone's going to experience that uh, some form of violence, whether it be very small to very extreme. But to be afraid of just the tool aspect, it's going to be there. So why not educate more and. I have turned actors, turned like that hated guns, but their show, like Hollywood loves their guns, and of, of course they do. Who doesn't love a cool shooter? Right, um, absolutely. But then you want to cheap out on training, you want to cheap out on safety, you want to cheap out on all these other things. But you, and then you want to, you know, make a, a spectacle how guns are bad, this and that. But you know what? We're gonna eat, order eighty of them for our next production. Um, and, uh, and the actor is going to look so cool. And I've had actors being like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And then afterwards they have a better respect for it. They understand it. They're like, cool. Well, uh, you know, some even bought guns afterwards and, and, you know, yeah. And, yeah, the experience uh, itself. the experience itself. And then they sort of, okay, I'm not scared of this thing anymore. It's just a tool right there. Now I know what's dangerous about it and how to make it safe. And then the, from that education, you, it, it's, it's much easier for that. I mean, I trained guys in the army, 18, six, 16 year old guys to shoot rifles. Like, you know, I could train an actor to do that. So why don't they do that? You know, true enough. No, it's important. Um, I did a show a while back. I didn't do the first season, but during the first season, this young actor had two blanks in his gun and he's supposed to go bang, bang, and then put it up underneath his John commit suicide. Yeah. Go bang, bang, click. He went bang. Yeah. Bang. So that was a pilot error. And, uh, but had he had more training. For sure. And, and that type of scene, I've done so many suicide scenes and they look fantastic. Um, but for that type of scene, you do, okay, you want to do that? We could do that hundred percent for sure. We're going to do it 50 times. What's that? 50, a hundred bullets or like not 50 times, but like 20 times. Sure. Boom, boom, click, boom, boom. We'll first start. Boom, boom, click, boom, boom, click. Boom, boom, click. Okay, rehear- full rehearsal. Boom, boom, click. Boom, boom, click. And then, then you start, uh, you know, rolling. Then you got a perfect take. But like when you say, okay, we want this, this, and this. Okay, can you do it? Yeah, I could do it. And then he does it once or or twice. Like there's there's going to be and and not to blame the actor too because they're they're worried about their lines. They're worried about their mark. Sure. They're worried about what where they're looking at when their camera's like right in their face. Um, yeah, they can't expect that, but... Uh, but there's also an argument that I would go to my director and discover whether or not he needs boom, boom, click, right. all in the same shot. All in the same shot, sure, be- Because absolutely. 
because of the fact that you're shooting at someone over there, yeah. boom, boom, are we going to cut in the edit to sure. see that? Yeah. And if that's a fact, if I go boom, boom, and I see the, yeah. the other side, then this can just be the click. And the gun is not... It's not loaded. It's not loaded it's not been with anything. anything for that shot. Yeah. So you can separate it. Yeah, you could separate it. I've, I've even had that argument with camera angles. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to shoot this guy right in the face. I go, okay, we're not doing that. If we're just tilted six inches that way, yeah. you know, it's usually a stunt guy that I've, I've seen before. Hey, man, he's going to shoot right beside him. Nothing's going to happen. He's like, cool, let's do it. Do it all day long. And then they see it on camera. Oh, yeah, it looks good. Totally. It's like... Um, yeah, let's use our filmic skills sometimes. Yeah. And most yeah. people are pretty... Obviously, they're safe, but they're also paranoid a For little sure. bit. Um, and they can be, but it's hard too, as a, especially... You almost consider like as an armor a daily because I just pop into sets, you know, throughout the years, uh, you know, I start knowing some, you know, some camera guys, a lot of more stunt people, um, they get comfortable with you. Like, um, there's been a few times where it's like, they see me and they're like, oh, okay, you're here. Okay, cool. Yeah, right, no let's, doubt. Let's, let's go so at it. Their trust happens. level goes wicked their trust high level immediately. Their trust wicked high. But I think yeah. that's reperta- um, with the person as well as, as the company in, in any sense. But like even in the stun world can you imagine like someone oh, yeah. getting getting hurt in australia and then they're you know they're like okay you can't do any of that stuff here in toronto it's like well that has that had nothing to do with us like and we've yeah, done what crazy. they did a thousand times so True why enough. don't you allow us to do it yeah. that's crazy yeah yeah do 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 the uh do the laws of canada affect you at all in 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 film and with uh what is perhaps changing today yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of things changing charlie's going to be the perfect person to answer that because you know i'm 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 representing when i'm on set i'm i'm using his guns as an expert as yeah sure um and what's cool uh, you know when charlie hired me and all the other guys that worked there were ex-military ex-police like we use the guns in real life we're not just a guy with a gun license um um we're going to be on set making sure that the guns do everything right but like these new gun laws um just as a whole in, in in the in the gun culture especially in canada there's so we have such responsible gun ownership that every new law that comes out only punishes the gun owner and never the person using the gun in ill will you know and absolutely we do we we do it like for sure in Canada we do like above and beyond you know background checks um, licensing and that's fine I definitely agree with that but you know when you start you know statistically there's such little um, purchased firearms that are on the street or, or used in a um, in in a, in a crime that you, you know you keep attacking and especially like what's happening in the states too. It, you know, it's changing laws up here. It's like, whoa, 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 like what's happening down there has nothing to do. Like we keep forgetting where we are and, and um, pushing back on people that are just responsible. There's nothing. They're not doing anything wrong with well, that. You know, and, and, our, and here we don't even have, uh, you know, someone breaks into your house. You can't even defend yourself. I know. And no, it's uh, fucked. so it's legally you can't. Le- to to yeah, a certain degree. But I mean, like we, we forget that like. You know, someone entering your house to cause violence on you can only be stopped by equal or more violence. That's it. Absolutely. Why do you call the cops? They have bigger, you know... They have guns. They, they have, have guns. guns. Uh, yeah. They're going to stop you. And also, are they going to be really up to protecting you and your family? Like, it, it, to a certain degree. Like, and you you even see that, like, in war. Like, 
you know, some soldiers, once once they actually, you know, get on the battlefield, they, they, they're not the same person or, you know, um, they don't have enough training or this and that. And same thing with any, you know, you, you're calling someone to come to you to, to fix an issue. Um, how can you, the only equalizer is having, uh, you know, uh, equal protection. Uh, you know, it's harder for you to run out of the house and, and phone, you know, someone than you protecting your, your, your household as a, as a, and, and doing it in a legal way. But we don't really have that in Canada, you know, in terms of our, uh, gun laws and, well, one gun concerned. is one gun is worth more than twenty cops in cars on their way. Yeah, for sure, big time, man. Yeah. <clears throat> They'll never come in in the nick of time of when when something you know really spicy happens, right? And uh, who who best you know to protect you or your family other than yourself? Right? Yeah, this ain't no paratrooper. Okay, yeah. where they're just waiting. Like I'll wait for the cops so that it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Would you like some coffee? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because they're not going to take that consideration for you. you know? No. You know what? One time one time I walked, I, 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 was, uh, I was at home. My, my, my folks were in bed. Uh, I, was, uh, I was younger. I don't know when. I was in my 20s at some whatever. And, uh, and I, I, I left out the back door to uh, uh, take a couple buddies home, uh, just drive them home, right? We were all just hanging out. I was back in probably 15 minutes, but my back door was open. Yeah. I went, ah, oh, fuck. Well, actually, right away I thought maybe uh, my dad was up uh, taking the dog out or something like that. Um, but when I came in the back door, I saw a guy going out the front door. And, I mean, the very first thing that went through my head, number one, I wanted to beat this guy's ass real bad. Um, uh, <laughs> he he ran like a motherfucker, but the the thing that – came to my head was I, I, I was yelling at him that I was going to stab him or gut him or do something like that. Sure. I didn't have a knife, no. but I wanted him to think I did so that, uh, you know, whatever, if this shit went down, yeah. he, he was scared or something, or I intimidated him or, or well, perhaps it's like a bear he attack. You gotta knife. be, you gotta act if he had a knife. Right? Yeah. I wanted to act bigger, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but see, that's what, that's what a gun does. And, uh, and, and I mean, in a in a situation like that, uh, and I mean, again, I could be crazy, but if um, if guns are legal or you can protect your home using a gun, it's just less likely that anyone's going to try to fuck with you. Exactly, exactly. If if someone has an assumption that you have a gun in the home, or they yeah, really well, look at the city of Chicago. Yeah. yeah, they ban guns in the city of Chicago, and it's got the worst crime. Worst, worst crime. Yeah. Because the bad guys will always have guns. Right. And everyone that screams, um, you know, you don't need a gun is usually protected by a team of people that have, that guns. have guns. Like yeah. our prime minister? Just like uh, in anyone in suit and tie, you know, uh, preaching that you don't need this, you don't need that. But then, you know, just bring it in. Bring it in. Oh, bring it in. Yeah, bring you it know, in. like the same people that say like, oh, you don't need to... You know, people shouldn't shouldn't be able to fly. Uh, you should only be able to fly like two times a year because of uh, your carbon footprint. But then those are the same people that are flying like 
uh, you know, private 20, jets. 20, 20, yeah, 20 times a day in a private jet to like go from like Hamilton to like, Toronto or something. Well, there's without a doubt that a lot of these law changes and the law, uh, you know, things that go on, uh, especially today, just make no fucking sense. I, I, I say especially today, but I think it's because we're more aware sure. based on the travel of uh, communication and, and data and knowledge. Right. But uh, yeah. I mean, but it's also punishing people that didn't do anything wrong, right? You're not you're 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 taking like the the new buyback. You're you're taking things away from someone that did nothing wrong with them. Can you imagine what it costs to do this buyback? Oh, when they could take yeah, that millions, money and invest it into dollars, border yeah. control and border finding control, the gangsters that have the guns. Gangsters that have the guns. You know, there there's there's so many, and and we always also worry about. Everything that's happening around us, we're worrying about what's happening in the States, we're happening this, but we're not, you know, focusing on issues we even have at home, like, you know, it, and spending money on the on the wrong things. And now, and now you're punishing people that did nothing wrong, um, taking something away from them, giving them measly amount of money from what they actually paid for, um, just for the sake of like feeling, feeling safe, but... Well, that's, that's, the, that's the problem. They're trying to appease people who are uncomfortable with firearms, who are scared, um, and they think that, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're brainwashing people into believing that they're doing something about gun crime by taking it away from people like me, yeah. who is a legal gun owner. Yeah. I've been a self-defense proponent all my life, um, and I, people ask me all the time, if I have a gun somebody breaks into my house, can I shoot them? And I say, well, you're asking the wrong question. It's not whether you can shoot them. It's do you have to shoot them? Mm -hmm. So if someone is breaking in and stealing my TV and I catch them going out the door, have at it. Enjoy yeah. the TV. Yeah. I could buy another TV. 100%. So I don't yeah. have to shoot anybody. Yeah. But if I came home and there was somebody attacking my lady um, with deadly consequence, I have to shoot yeah. him. So there's a difference. And that's where self-defense with a gun comes in. It's the equalizer. Absolutely. 100% an equalizer. And... and that argument is even more is, is bigger in the states too especially here like i'm a, i'm i'm actually developing a, a women's self-defense program uh in the next couple of months uh with uh, firearms I, no not with firearms oh just but oh perfect. just uh, uh me and my sister my sister Catherine and i had this uh we also we both taught women's self-defense years um and i did that before i even joined the army um, and I always wanted to keep doing that. I've been busy with the army, busy with the movie industry. Now things are slowing down. I want to start transitioning into, you know, another chapter. But, um, in terms of that self-defense, uh, aspect too, it, in the States, if there's, uh, if you have that legal right of carrying something, especially concealed <clears throat> for sure, especially women should have that. You think you're going to stop a guy with like a pepper spray or a taser? You know, like, you know, I, I've seen guy, grown men you know, get shot and still move. You know, you're not going to stop them yeah. by bothering their eyes or business that. So if, if there is a legal means to actually carry something that could um, and you're not, you know, using it every day, you're not shooting it up, you're not using it in a road rage, you're doing that to self-protect or protect someone else. That that should be your right to, to do that. And, um, you know, it's... Um, it's a it, we have to get women are always going to be uh outpowered right and if someone is is going to hurt you how why not have a tool that it, and and not just have a tool 
and don't get me wrong you can't just buy a gun and, and you know put it in your purse or put it in your in in your holster or in your hip and expect you know this thing's going to save my life you bought that you're going to train with it you're going to go to the range you know maybe once a month like something for an hour get comfortable with it so when you do use it you use it proficiently right um, I'm not going to go train my guys to go overseas to war if they're not proficient with their tools back here in a safe manner, right? Uh, mm. Like like the motto of my regiment in Pache Paratus, in peace prepared. In the peacetime, we prepare for that. Of course. And they always have that saying, like, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. So, like, what? Uh, wh- where does that, where does that, you know, it doesn't hurt if you're responsible or you're, you know, we, we task people that are responsible and give them um, extra responsibilities, whether law enforcement or officials to take care of us. You know, you, you don't think you could do the same thing for yourself? Are there any kind of laws when you, when you go over uh, seas uh, deployed in some of these dangerous areas you go to? Are there any laws like, I mean, obviously not like Canada. I don't know. Are there laws, gun laws? Is there is there a lot to worry well, about? I mean, is, is like, a lot less? Yeah, we have we have what things we have um, ROEs, rules of engagement. So there's certain rules that we have to abide by when operating in um, in a in a in an environment in a theater of war, right? So there's certain things that you know, there's things that we can't escalate. We have to like give the especially working with uh, a local populace in the area, right? They're all mixed in. Um, there's always threats of you don't know who's who. So you have to, you know, you don't, you don't want to go to, you know, zero to a hundred real quick. You want to slowly escalate that until are the, it gets. Are those that. threats that intense? Like, are they? Oh there? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then they'll. There's even like over there, they would even test you, right? They'd see what your procedures are, right? And there's certain spots where like, oh, and you always have to even change it up too, like even your routes, or you have to constantly switch them up, or you got to see. Um, and, and they want to know what you're going to do so they could counteract that, right? Um, it's like even with the vehicles, like a couple of years prior to when I deployed, they had a much small, we had a much smaller vehicle that was more susceptible to roadside bombs. And we got a bigger vehicle that, that could take more. And then they figured out, oh, we got, we just got to add more explosives to get that one down. So it's like, um, it's, it's a huge cat and mouse and like testing the waters of, of each other there. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's. <laughs> It's, it's definitely a weird game out there. Yeah, yeah man. But are, ah. are are there are there citizens carrying firearms like out like, there? Um, in Afghanistan, there were like a few like like high level people and like warlords that would carry like firearms. But I'm sure what you could like, find an AK in every laws? vehicle. Like their own over personal there? I have no idea. No, no, because over there, even at the time that I was deployed, there's there's like a certain. Um, things that like we needed to like like say like even driving down the road when every time there's a canadian vehicle on the road at the time i was there we were in the center of the road everyone had to get off or you have because we had a like a safety bubble around us so if, oh sorry if Not anyone orders. enters uh <laughs> that safety <laughs> bubble you start escalating in your ROEs to see if this is a friendly person <clears throat> maybe it's someone just forgot or can't read the sign that says stay back okay um of course, because you don't want to do that to like you know someone just drive like some idiot just driving down the road and doesn't like realize not paying attention, not paying attention, and then just gets you know his vehicle shot up right. And he he may not be a threat. Um, that's why you have this uh, uh, escalation of force 
because you don't want you know a poor guy who could be a suspected uh, IED bomber, like a suicide bomber, but he's not, and so it, that's like the constant like I gotta look Man. at everything, like like for example, like a vehicle, like right. You look at a vehicle if his uh, shocks are really low, right? He's riding low. He's got, like, some, weight in he's there. got some weight in the trunk. What's that? And then they started figuring out that yeah, we know to look for that. Then mm. they started welding the um, ah. the shocks, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then you start looking for vehicles that have like shitty shocks. So it's like <laughs> you don't. There's all Tip these like tap. little. You're both yeah. going back and forth. Yeah, sometimes I have to look at a book. It's like okay, does that look? What type of wire is that? Oh, that could be made into a bomb. Or... Now, now, how how aware are they crazy. that you? How aware are they of the way we perhaps dress or act or anything like that? Can they hide in plain sight? Being a oh, like a local, just a simple local. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I remember one time we we came back on a, uh, an ambush and we got out. A couple of locals got shot. We we're doing some first aid on them. And they were literally pointing at a little Toyota Corolla. Like, I could see it. And it's just driving away. They're like, yeah, those guys. Those guys came out, shot at us with AKs. They all, they all have weapons. But they're driving away. I see them. They're in my sights. I could shoot at them, for sure. But they're driving away. I didn't see them with a weapon. I didn't see them shoot or, or sure. do an act. So I'm going to be the responsible one here and, and tend to the wounded and help uh, with the situation there because I can't help. Well, that uh, issue that. has been right. alleviated by them driving away. Exactly, yeah. But most of the time, they don't want to get into a fight because we have bigger guns, and yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. goes in our favor, right? How long were you there for, Adam? Uh, eight months. Eight months. I tried to go back. Uh, I regretted not going back just because I think I liked just the work. Um, it, it's so weird coming back home uh, from a deployment because it's like <laughs> you just went into the future eight months, like. Like, say you went to bed one night and and woke up. I come back to Toronto, and mm. it's like a totally different world, right? It took me two weeks to drive because <clears throat> I had to drive people. like Because, like, on the road, having a vehicle, like, right beside you makes you uncomfortable. Because over there, it's like I would have made that vehicle get out of the way or you wouldn't be anywhere near me because you're always at a risk of that vehicle could blow up and, and hurt everyone else, right? So it's, like, a little weird or you see, like, a, a rubble on the on the side of the road and you're like you weave to the other side and uh or even like i remember leaving the house and going back i'm like oh fuck i forgot my weapon and it's like no oh, wait yeah. i'm in canada i'm like i'm, I'm good going to, go. to, the, I'm going <laughs> to the gym yeah <laughs> yeah uh because you always 24 7 over there you have a weapon on you like you're yeah, sitting yeah. beside it you're you're going to the kitchen you're going to the gym you're going uh, I think like you could lock it up to take a shower, but like you're, cause you, you, you never know when you need it. Um, especially if like the base gets overrun. Or, sure. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. That's it, like being at home and needing yeah, self-defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what, what's <laughs> the, what's the sidearm that you carry, uh, over there? Oh, over there I had a Browning nine millimeter. Um, now, uh, <laughs> by choice or by choice. So I was a machine gunner and they, um, they gave uh, hand, um, sidearms to the machine gunners just because, like, uh, there's times where I'm like, I'm not carrying my giant machine gun to the mess hall. Like, right. I'd rather have a pistol on me. And if the machine gun fails, I have a secondary uh, sidearm. Um, but it, it's a very old Browning. It's a it's a Browning that was still marked from 1944. Oh, wow. um, uh, not to, because I'm still in. Uh, the the Canadian Army loves to have uh, sort of vintage tools there. 
Although it's still uh, a, a great uh, gun, uh, it's pretty uh, ancient if it's been used. Uh, well, Browning is a nice gun. Browning's a nice gun. Uh, 1944 Browning is a little different made than, than yeah, now. But no but doubt. It's, no if, doubt. It, if it's functional, it still it's functional, works. It's functional, it works, yeah. That's true. If it's still functional, you know, the bullet goes that way, but... Yeah. But you know what's amazing? You know what's amazing? They, um, locals and even Taliban, they are not afraid of the rifles or machine guns. I I had a large, it's a light machine gun, C9. Not afraid of that. I have 200 rounds of ammunition in there. They don't care. Why? The second they see a pistol, they are afraid. Oh, they watch too many Hollywood movies. It's not just the Hollywood movies, too. It's like the, the Taliban and like the war, like different warlords would use pistols as more of an intimidation, execution type styles. It's always the pistol in those sort of images of uh, of the locals. So they're more afraid of the pistol than they are of the rifle. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. You can hide. That's, that's really well, yeah, interesting. Guess, yeah. That is interesting. I was no. gonna say you could hide a pistol. You can be you can more hide a pistol, you know, yeah. diligent with a pistol, but but like just like an MOK, whatever. Like uh, I remember asking the director on the last scene. I go, okay, this like we're at the uh, um, at the prison, and it's like, okay, this is all a war. Like, do you want? Do you want the machine gun? He goes, "Yeah, let's bring out the machine gun." Like, and it made the scene better, right? Like, especially yeah. if you're in a, in a position where it's like all enemy in front of you, and you need to, you know, a plow to get through a long hallway or yeah, anything that, like that, that. Going down that hallway was yeah, incredible. Was fun, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, well, it's nice to have more ammunition than not, right? So. Sure. So now, what what happens? Do you guys? You, you collect your magazines when you're done. You put them away. Or? Um, yeah. So you would typically have like a dump pouch when you're carrying, uh, when you're going on operation. Just so, I mean, you try your best to collect you know, those magazines because they'd be reused. But I mean, if you're, you know, we train guys even in Canada to, you know, once that momentum starts of attacking the enemy, you need to keep going. Because the second you break that momentum, no, no matter in what case, you need to keep pushing. Uh, even if your buddy gets hurt beside you, yeah, you want to save your buddy that just got shot beside you, you got to keep going. Because the first rule in uh, battlefield medicine is winning the firefight. You cannot do any type of uh, first aid on your guy until that sense. enemy's dead, right? You're not going to be, you know, patching them up when there's still bullets over top of you. Well, you'll end up dead. You're all dead. So we train, like, just yell at them, hey, buddy, self-aid, take care of yourself. I'll, yeah, we'll I'll, be back. I'll, we'll be back, yeah. So... I do that in video games. Yeah, exactly. Can't be that hard. Yeah, it's no. the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's just there's no uh, respawn in the real world. So, <laughs> well, that's you got to be shit, a little that's more. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So you brought up your sister earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a black belt. She is a black belt. Yeah, black belt in taekwondo, um, black belt in karate. She was a certified bodyguard back in the day, and and she actually started in the film industry as. Um, a martial arts instructor for actors and actresses in the city. No way. Yeah, that's how she started in the so movie. So you guys industry. are. I was gonna ask about how that sort of dynamic like was connected? so different, but not. But it now it's yeah. And clearly then, so connected. So she ran a martial arts school in Etobicoke, and I took over until I went to Afghanistan. I shut down that business and sort of focused on the military. Uh, and now we sort of want to bring that back, but more focus on women's self defense because there's a lot more. Um, like male-dominated self-defense programs that are out there. Sure. Um, and I think now, especially nowadays, especially here in the news, it, it, um, and I want it, to. It's like a mixture of like real-world stuff and and stuff that like I'm not here. Like I don't want to train anyone to fight. You're not there to fight. You're there to end. That's Finish exactly it. Exactly correct. 
finish yeah. it get out of there like there's people there's 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 too much of a tendency and, and even like even males they they think like when they get into a fight or get into an altercation they think they're in a boxing match or an mma fight where there's rules there's no rules in the real world like when i'm training hand-to-hand combat with guys in the military you are it's kill or be killed like we're not here to you know arm bar someone down to the ground and uh, th- this guy wants to do damage to you, so you want to, and and especially too, is you don't want to stay there for long. Like the more you fight, the more you're tired, and then there's gonna be another guy. There's gonna be another guy. There's gonna be another guy. Like absolutely, it, it's a never-ending thing. So um, when when people I think fight, they have this notion that there's gonna be these rules, these made-up rules in the in 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 the streets, uh, or even on the battlefield. It, they are wanting to do some 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 sort of damage. You you got to end it. You're not there to fight. You're there to end it, and get out, or or f- end it to a point where you have that opportunity to escape. Right. I love it. Yeah. Now you guys going to do this in Toronto? I'd like to do it more mobile. Like I don't want I don't want a brick and mortar one. Okay, copy. Um, it, it's more it's so much easier to go to a business and like use their conference room or you know go to a yeah. set, use a studio, things like that. If you guys want to use the studio. Yeah, this studio here. You got, you we got. might need some more. There's too much wires. That might be a little too dangerous. <laughs> okay, right? whatever. You know. Um, but yeah, so like like my sister started that uh, taekwondo business and self defense and, and taught actors and then, then became an actress and um, it, was, it was really great. Even working with her on Vikings and I uh, did some episodes. I uh, did some stunts out there. Yeah, tell people who are listening who your sister. Is. Yeah, so my sister is Catherine Nick. Uh, she's um, she's a pretty good actress. Uh, no, no, she's she's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's really cool. Like I was just with her uh, at the German Comic Con, and she had the longest lineup of people that wanted the pictures and, wow. and autographs. Cool. It, it was wild. Cool. Um, and it's just really cool to see, you know, her character and in, in especially a, a, such a powerful character. Like she's, I don't think whatever she does now or in the future is not going to top like what she did as Lagertha and Vikings. Um, and never know. You never know, but I like she's more. She's now doing more directing, and she's an awesome director. She directed one episode in Vikings, uh, which I was in, um, and people might think it's nepotism that I got a role in, but I actually contacted the casting director uh, well before uh, knowing that that was her episode, and, and I tried to get, see. And he goes, "Yeah, there's one role. Um, can you?" Uh, he goes, "I'll, I'll, I auditioned for it. I did it all proper, no, like no special favors, as like you hear in the movie industry." Uh, sent in my audition tape and then he goes love the audition tape uh, can you ride a horse I go absolutely and it goes great you got it um, you just got to fly your way uh, to Ireland on, on your own I go no problem okay cool yeah, we're looking forward to seeing a couple of weeks click next phone call horse trainer horse tra- yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. hey uh, I need a couple lessons on how to ride a horse that's common and, uh, yeah. yeah that's so but, funny now he's got horse riding on his resume yeah exactly <laughs> like right? every other actor yeah like every other. but it was funny when I got there the first thing you do you, you see the horse trainer you don't see anyone else you don't even see wardrobe <clears> this and that the horse trainer you get a, like some farm outside of Dublin and he is wild like I'm getting on the horse. I'm I'm doing what I need to do for like the scene, and and obviously like I think it's like anything over a gallop needs like a stunt stunt. Uh, oh really? Something yeah. And they have some like there's some guys from Spain that fly over with their horses. Like their horse, you could say like the ho- you could like pretend to shoot the horse, and the horse will just like act and die. But they're just amazing guys. 
Um, he goes, mm, yeah, you, you don't really know how to ride. I, I did pretty good. But he's like, mm, you're not really good. I go, yeah. He goes, but okay, I'll let you. But I've, I've heard that he even fired actors that lied get there and they 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 don't do any extra training because they think the horse is going to do most of the work but you said horse yeah horse i thought <laughs> yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah oh yeah exactly horse and even that take that i did uh the horse was off his mark by one foot but the horse trainer was on me he's like get that guy on the on the x and i go dude the horse <laughs> wants to be here i'm not like he's like no you can control that horse so, like it was one foot off it's like oh my god did like, your director yell at you yeah, my sister. Yeah, no. She, I think uh, the sun was coming down, so I think she just took that take. And, That's hilarious. Yeah. I just saw one. I mean, I was just on set with one of the best horse guys in Toronto, and I mean, even he was struggling with the horse a little bit. You know, oh, the horse they, is they a got their own animal. mind. It's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's an animal. It's an animal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right you, you can train them. They sometimes want. They oh, have just their like own mind. I remember. I actually remember one day I did a gun. I brought in a gun, and they had a raccoon on set. And uh, they wanted the raccoon to, it was a trailer. And they once they opened the door, they want the raccoon just to be standing there. And take after take, the raccoon's just like rummaging through the trailer. And um, I, I was there doing some guns, but I forget what, um, I think uh, the actor had to, was a cop or whatever. And they keep going to the animal guy. They're like, the raccoon's not on a spot. He goes, dude, it's a raccoon, man. You can't train these things. You ordered it. I got your raccoon. You're going to get what you get. Like, it's a raccoon. Like, you're not going to train a raccoon to do, like, like a dolphin or, uh, or <laughs> well, a dog. You know, right? you know I, was on a, I was on a commercial kind of recently, uh, a car commercial, and uh, they had a, an animal wrangler out there. Uh, but she was dealing with the frog. The frog. The frog. That was in the commercial. No way. They wanted and, the frog to do something Yeah, specific? well, so... so but it was hilarious because all the questions, you know, when the questions come to me about driving, it's this and that and this and that. Uh, or when it's uh, directed at camera, it's this and that. They ask the the, the frog girl. Uh, the you frog know, girl, yeah. yeah what, Is that official title what, on movies? It might be. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're like, so uh, what do you do? Well, like, how, how do we get the frog to, you know? She goes, I'm, I'm just going to put it right where do you want it? I'm just going to put it right there. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, how do you get to the stay? I don't know. Just press, uh, press record? Just, yeah, like, like literally. Yeah, her answers were like, just be rolling when I set it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was literally, it was fucking hilarious. There was nothing. Uh, A frog. That was yeah. fun. That's good. Frog wrangler. Frog yeah. wrangler. Frog wrangler. That's the worst thing, too, is like on set, they call uh, like armors... Uh, gun wranglers like i hate that term uh, there's nothing i wrangle like the guns aren't going to run around you know like I mean, in unless the term they're slipping off the table armor is the proper term right uh, uh like even on even on uh vikings like the armor who gives out the swords the swords he's the armor he's yeah the, i'm just uh, gonna change this then yeah. gun. <laughs> gun handler yeah. handler yeah, it just sounds weird it's just like you're handling guns like I'm not. I'm not a raccoon handler or a frog wrangler. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, man, you've you've uh, you've certainly had a career. Yeah, and what do you what do you hope to do from like I I get the thing with Catherine and doing the martial arts, which I think is awesome. The self defense. Yeah. Um, but what do you what are you gonna do? Um, I'd like to because we've been talking. It's been such on the back burner. I'd like to do that and and sort of, um. 
sort of progress in that. And, and it's all like, it's, it's getting people confident. Like I, I could I've realized that I like teaching. I've, I train guys in the army. I train actors. Train um, me. I've trained you. Um, yeah, I remember even like, okay, I'm like, so speaking of that, I remember I gave him about a, that for a yeah, second. What do you want to talk about? How did he do? Yeah, how do you he actually did well? He did well. Yeah, you know? be honest. Baby butcher. Be honest. Uh, well, you know what? Baby I got a, <laughs> I mean, I had fun. That was, fun, I'm glad yeah. I did it. Oh, but we had that week. And you're long fucking awesome. Yeah, but you know, it was, it was, I mad respect for you because you were in a room with other than, uh, like Nolan and Derwin, who's been like on a lot of gun shows. So like, it was sort of beginning to train you were sort of like the new guy and you were with like ex-SWAT guys and ex-military guys it's fucking bomb man uh and you were like fed through a fire hose so you did you did awesome i think i think you were in mok probably more than the actual SWAT guys were well so. i don't know i don't know if that's yeah, sort of I yeah think sort of your turns. <laughs> yeah. it was dude it was so fucking fun and you taught me like but that was great. Ridiculous that was, amount of shit that, that I have actually four used. days of training. Four days of training, yeah. And uh, Adam, well, four days of training, but but there's more throughout. No, no, yeah, of course, more, yeah. You know. As 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 production goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. we talk about things. Of course, yeah. but before we went to camera, yep. All yeah. you guys got inside a room, and that's rare too. Like what <clears throat> we did on MOK, we don't get that on well, other shows. Well, I, so. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Yeah. Let yeah. alone and four it, days, and, and it shows. It shows like that all that effort that we put in. Like, Hell yeah! Even today, yeah. after since that. I mean, I'd always done like cop rolls, but I was the guy I was hiding behind the door. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's you know, my pet peeve is when someone. Oh yeah, the Charlie's hide, Angels, the hide behind the door. You never do that in the room. No, there were little things I would yeah. know. You know, I remember telling a director that I, I, you know, this doesn't do anything for you. You know, and I, we, you'd come around, and uh, and the director's like, well, no. Just keep it. Yeah. Just stay behind the yeah, door. Yeah, there's a happy know? medium. Yeah, I always have to ask, like, what do you want? And do you want it real or do you want it your way? And then we find this medium in the middle, and it's like, okay, that looks cool, but it's my way. And yeah, like, yeah. Okay, move, cool. Move it to camera. And yeah. I, I think I don't know if you've realized this, but like recently, after especially all these years of consulting and, and doing gun stuff, I've realized like, okay, this is not my movie. They're just paying me to be here for today. Like, who cares? Like, if they want to go past, it, it's like, all right, you want to look stupid, look stupid. Like. I'm sure you do that with the stunts too. Dude, all, 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 the time. The time. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You all can't the time. help it. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how many cops tell me that cop movies suck and yeah. firefighters tell me oh, firefighter yeah. movies suck. Yeah. The second gun you guys see tell me wrong. guns yeah. suck. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, it's everywhere. But the fact is, uh, you know, we're, we're appeasing uh, 99% of the people are not cops. 99% of the people aren't. I, I 100% agree with you. But every time I go on set, Either, especially like consulting um i'll be like do you want to see the real thing and we do like a full take of like the, how it's real and they're like that's fucking awesome that's so cool let's do that and then they pick that or there's right. times um i remember i think it was on fahrenheit uh fahrenheit 451 was it that 451 no hey, i was i was training anyway the firefighting movie yeah, uh fahrenheit i think it was 451 459 i don't know let's go with that was it yeah you know what it's funny it was, you, you work on so many movies it's like oh how many movies do i go i don't know I like it's just like this that they're all the same now like it's like, yeah that's yeah exactly you do it for a long time right. yeah. yeah um but um i was training an actor to mark and i had um 30 other actors i had to train them how to march and i had to train another actor how to march them like a drill sergeant wow oh, that's cool and on the day on the day um, I'm there warming them up left right left right left I'm train I had two days to train them too 
all these like 30 guys and then the actor comes in for me to train them so i'm trying to train them before he goes on camera about in like the next half an hour and the director's like who's doing the left right left right left right I go, oh, that's the that's the military consultant. And they're like, oh, just put a uniform on him. And like, why are we training another guy to train this guy to to, to do it? Because it was more difficult for, for me to get a like an actor that's never like marched 30 people at the same time. Right. So they, oh, they, I see what you're saying. They sent him home. I put on his uniform. And that was me in the background just like marching these guys uh, up and down. Like Hilarious. Yeah, now, so. see, yeah, that it, makes sense. Case in point. Uh, Mayor of Kingstown. When all the uh, riot cops come marching into the yard, when all the guys are doing the riot, so we're bringing all these riot cops in. All the, they're just background, right, 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 they're right. background guys. You yeah. know, great guys. They've done their job. Yeah, that was they're a cool dressed moment. Up. It was a hot day, very hot day. Oh, yeah. I think one of the guys had to be sent away. I th- I'm pretty sure I was up on the wall with Sean and. Oh, you were doing, with, with uh, you're and, shooting the smoke. And you were way yeah, down Ireland. below relaxing <laughs> yeah. in that blow up. Yeah, the, the <laughs> hammock. Right. I had the hammock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I picking that. up your ammunition. <laughs> from, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. I have a picture of that I should put up. Um, but uh, I asked my director, do you want authenticity or how do you want this? And he said, no, we want it authentic. So I went to the prison guy that, that worked there. I said, how do you guys do this? He said, we just walk in and on every step we bang our... Yeah, Billy yeah, clubs yeah, on, yeah. Our, yeah. on our shields. A little show of force, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so I did that. I spent uh, an hour training these guys to do that. And we did it. The director said, what's that? I said, that's authenticity. He said, oh, no, let's have them all jog in. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So I said, yeah. whatever, guys. Now whatever you want. Yeah. Now you're jogging. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. I'd say, like, listen, you want it your way, that's fine. Just do one take with the real right see how it is and then that happens it. too <clears throat> that happens too yeah. you know the uh, stunt stuff you know no. similar kind of thing anyway yeah but that's yeah. crazy but then they sometimes they go too authentic and it ruins like i remember i had to shoot they wanted um i had to train 30 iraqi soldiers to do a march it was like a dream sequence and i go sure no problem they, they gave me two extra days to train 30 guys how to march and they wanted this elaborate like military parade thing i go okay these better be some like good act uh, good background people to like listen to my command i get there they give me um 30 refugees like no one spoke english oh. because they wanted to be authentic i go oh, you like like i get authenticity but like I couldn't train them. And they wanted this elaborate thing. I go, you're going to get this. And they're like, we don't want that. I go, that's all you're going to get. And then they didn't believe me. And then they get on set and we do it. And I go, this is all you could get. Like, oh, can we add this? I go, okay, let's try it. Let's try a take. You want this elaborate thing that would take me, you know, weeks, like two, three weeks in the army to train soldiers how to march like this. You want these people that never marched before in their life. We did it. It failed like multiple times, and then they're blaming me. I go, it's like there's only so much you could do, right? You you you're giving me, you know, uh, bad ingredients, you know, to make a oh, cake. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, you know, all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah, welcome to the movie business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the high, the 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 more the bigger the budget, they think uh, the more authenticity. Well, yeah. No, it's just more. No, it's like uh, not smart about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just bigger guns, bigger stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or like I, an actor having to like run through the forest, and it's like he's about to run through the forest. Cut. All right, where's the double? All right, double. Run through the forest. I go, and I remember talking to the actor. I go, why aren't you running through? Oh, they're they're worried I'm gonna trip. 
uh, running through the forest. Like, why don't you just get that nice, full, like, long take? I'm sure the actor could take it. Um, I'm sure the actor would want to do that. I mean, you're, you're portraying the real thing. You might as well do as much as the real person, you know, does. Agreed. Right? Oh, I yeah. would I would rather the actor do anything, everything, yeah. than stick a bad double with a bad Not wig. A bad double, yeah. You know, in anywhere. Absolutely. So I'd rather train that actor, 100%. So now, I think the actor appreciates this more. I remember uh, Kevin Durant. I love Kevin Durant. Um, oh, he's awesome. A Canadian man. Canadian man. Um, I still talk to him on Instagram here and there. Really? But, he's yeah, great. He's a great dude. But I remember um, he had the exact same gun I had in Afghanistan. And he had to do it. He was shooting like, directly in front of camera, 200 rounds, full belt. Um, same one I had on MLK. And... Um, Anytime I have an, an actor with a new gun, I go, hey, you want train? You want, like, let's do some test fire. You want, like, um, you want to feel how this gun is so, like, you're not freaked out on camera. And he goes, you know what? My character picks up this gun and never fired it. Can I do that on camera? I go, hell yeah. Because, like, uh, <laughs> he's, he's Kevin Durant. He's going to be awesome. Like, and he had the, like, I go, I go, I just want you to squeeze the trigger and hold it until it it's stops. over. Yeah, and he just did this long take, 200 rounds, and he just felt, like, so powerful. This wasn't... What was that? Uh, that was a strain. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, in an alleyway. It was really... Or was alleyway? It was, like a, it was like the sewers or something like that. Okay. And, yeah, he loved cool. it. And one take, done. It was, whenever, like, his reaction. Whenever actors take scripts for the first time, it's awesome. Yeah. Because their face, they have works. no yeah, idea cool. what to react to. Yeah, man. I was just... Uh, I, uh, I didn't get to meet Kevin... Uh, Duran, but uh, I am a fan, and I happen to be his uh, driving double for oh, just nice. one day on a, on a yeah. show, smashing a, a truck uh, against another truck. It was cool. Um, I saw him from a distance, so yeah, I was like, fanboy. Yeah, he's a really good dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I really I, like you know, him. You know, it's funny too. Like all after all these years, I have zero like starstruck. I do not care. Like you realize these actors are just human beings. They're, totally, they're, totally. they're doing the a job, way. and some of them are doing it poorly, too. Like, they're, they're just, like, more of a face. But I, I think the only time I was starstruck, I think maybe, and, and this was, like, <laughs> it wasn't even, like, a big, you know, you meet big stars like Will Smith and Margot Robbie and all those. But, like, it was Johnny Knoxville. I was probably, like, the most, like, <laughs> and we were doing a scene where he was getting shot right in the chest. And I have to show, because it's, like, a solid plug gun, so it's safe, but I have to show the actor. I always show the actor. And I go, hey, Johnny, I need you. We're shooting this blank. Uh, nothing comes out of it. It's called a suicide load. You won't get hurt. But I have to show. He goes, I won't get hurt? I go, no, there's no, no chance. He goes, I'm good. I go, no, no, I need to show you just so you're comfortable. He goes, nah, we're good. <laughs> Is it going to hurt me? I go, no, it's not going to hurt you. He's like, we're good. And like that was like. This was is like, Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, yeah. So I'm like, okay. I don't even know why he cares. He doesn't care, yeah. It was funny. It was That's a good hilarious. Right, so just, that was for Polar, yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of people listening to this. Um, explain to them how you guys rigged the suicide gun. Yeah, so um, I think, you know what's amazing too is like people don't realize we use lot, like real guns on movie sets. Right. So these guns, um, I could put real bullets in them, I could use them. Uh, you know, I could use them at war, but we we manipulate them so we could shoot blank fires. It, it's a bullet without the projectile, so it has the gas, has the functionality, has the sound, has everything, but nothing dangerous comes out of the end, other than gases and flames. So we rig the gun, and we we're we're always prepared to rig it in very different situations. Are you shooting in a car? 
you got to have like a much lighter you don't want a huge gunpowder are you shooting out outside you want a big flash you want to shoot it um lots of noise we, we could change that on the fly and then there's these rounds called suicide loads um we call them solid plug loads as well um where we plug the end of the barrel so no flashes come out and that's the only time that we'd be like okay now you have to add cgi but the gun will function just properly but nothing dangerous will come out of it the slide still comes back slide still comes ejects back the shell. still ejects the shells so can be used it's good for camera good for camera we've used it like across someone's head chin is chest. it nerve-wracking i've done it i've done for it. anybody it, it's for sure nerve-wracking because especially for actors and like like oh, can i point this guns but then yeah, yeah. What I do, we first show like, okay, I, I show in front of a piece of paper. I shoot the piece of paper. Nothing happens to the piece of paper. I go, okay, cool. Now I want you to shoot me, right? Because I'm confident of making that gun safe. Shoot me. And then, you know, they, they do a couple blank shots at me and then they feel comfortable. I go, you are you comfortable with that? Let's do it. And then, then, then they're... Uh, it, but it's always that progression of them being comfortable with the things, not just going from well, zero to 100. That's like building a stunt exactly you start small and we keep building 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 until we do the gag right yeah you're not going to jump from jump from 40 feet no jump for 10 then yes absolutely so you just you develop the gag get their confidence and uh absolutely and do it up absolutely i'm glad okay good uh and and but always at the end with that flash and the movement they love it and then it works they shoot it it's safe move on to the next take and uh, but let the let the people that are experts in that. I, have a, I remember on another one, a lot of people, a lot of actors have a tendency, especially if they don't have any training, to have weak wrists, and especially with blank fire because you're not shooting any real gun, uh, real bullets out of it. You need to have a strong wrist in holding these guns because you're just firing gas. Sure. And um, I had this young actress, not no, it was an older actress, but she failed to take it, kept jamming, and they're like, "Adam, fix the gun." I go, "It's not the gun." Uh, I forget the I go please like stronger wrist and another take fail another take fail another take fail and at I remember in the beginning of me being an armor I remember I used to take the blame because I felt bad for the actors screwing up and because they have a lot of responsibility to do you know they're on camera and now it's just a point it's like okay listen if you're not listening to me like I go it, it you know it's her fault she's not holding the gun properly like I trained her and they're like no something's wrong with the gun I'm like okay cool Put in a fresh magazine, fired like a huge uh, burst of rounds. Like, no, it's good to go. Let's go. Let's go do another take. And it's like, okay, because you're not even allowing these people to have that training. You're you're wasting even more time on set too, you know. So how does how does a mm. a, a weak wrist prevent the gun from firing? The gun because it doesn't have the projectile to push against because it's just sending out uh, gases, it needs a stable platform for the cycle to, to move. When it's loose and it's starting to push, like, say, the slide back on a, on a pistol, it, it's, it's not going to have that solid base to actually do the full cycle. So, so there's actually leverage. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah okay. Sure. Yeah. And if you were shooting a real gun, for sure you would have that extra push from it's pushing its projectile outside the barrel. You know what I mean? Andrew and I learned about leverage on the weekend, didn't we? Hmm. Yeah, shooting? yeah, <laughs> yeah. We went to. We have a couple of kayaks. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. So we threw them in the river this past weekend. Yeah, and neither one of us are experienced with kayaks. I fully admit it. Yeah, we, we jumped in. We had a great time on the river. We had a ball. Yeah, but Andrew said to me, he "said This is a good core workout." Yeah, because oh, you've yeah. got to tense yeah, up yeah. to do this, right? So when we 
pulled them out of the river, put them back in the truck. Oh. A, a friend of ours pulled up in his truck, and he goes, yeah, these kayaks are pretty cool. They've got those foot pegs in there, and uh, you can adjust them for your, your height. What? Well, what? There's foot pegs? For, yeah, yeah. The foot what's pegs that you can for? Put on, put your, yeah. you know, hold against while you're doing. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so we learned a little bit about. about <laughs> You'll learn it afterwards. Yeah. Absolutely. Now here, guys. I, uh, I'm just gonna film. You don't have to keep sipping. I don't. Know. I don't like listen. Like it's. This is uh. This is what we do. You know, you're not. Yeah, it's a water of life. You're not in Qatar. <clears throat> yeah. Right. This is, this is your podcast. You Speaking of Qatar, you're, Andrew's a really good musician. Um, <laughs> he is, yeah. Yeah, silly things. What we talk about. You're gonna have to, yeah. You're gonna have to definitely uh, play some songs on here. Well, you know, I thought about that actually. I thought about that. I don't know. We oh, might do that. Maybe we might do that. We'll see. Well, you're here take in Cambridge. You just go, and... yeah. Get, take some of the video cameras. Go on the bridge and. Yeah, that's true. Nice, uh, true quote to the video. bridge. Yeah, there you go. The bridge. The bridge. I we always see you bridges. at every you have your stories of you walking, always for coffee. You're always oh, true. on the bridge. That's all yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. All those fucking stories. Everybody's got to follow everybody on Instagram. Yeah, yeah I mean, if uh, <clears throat> it never. If it's not on the gram, it never happened, right? I, I almost feel weird like taking people skydiving that don't uh, purchase a video package and they're just, just going there for a jump. And it's kind of, I, I, I'm impressed by some of them. They're like, nah, I just want to experience this and not look back at it. And I just want to be in the moment. And sometimes uh, it, it's interesting that because we, we film a lot and a lot <clears> of people, <throat> as they should, they should film it, especially if they're first time. But there's some people that just come out like, no, I don't want a single camera on me i just want to you know enjoy the sunshine wow. and the clouds and out there yeah so when when my lady did it uh, uh a friend of hers years ago did it out in calgary and she took this beautiful stud of a instructor and grabbed his hands and cupped yeah. them onto her boobs um it was well it was kind of funny so he was a little embarrassed, but they did dive and she had a great time. So when my lady did it, I went over to her guy and and I said, listen, don't let her know you're doing this. But when you jump out at some point, because we have it on video and we do have hundreds of photographs. I said, at some point as we're free falling, I need you to grab my lady's boobs. And he goes, no, I can't do that. I said, yes, you can. You got permission, buddy. I need the picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, don't oh, worry, okay? Things, My wife uh, has uh, no issue well, he, with sexual he, harassment. He, yeah, he said, he said, I have to phone home and get permission. Well, there's <laughs> oh, certain oh, oh. there's certain things that happen on the drop zone too. that just stay on the drop zone. Yeah, right? no, so. and we got the picture. And it was awesome. It was it was perfect. And Rod <laughs> yeah. had a ball. What happens on the drop zone? But look at that. Like, even talking about skydiving and actor and training, like, point break. Point break wouldn't be as awesome point break if Patrick Swayze didn't learn how to skydive and jump out of an airplane. And I even heard the producers at that time were like furious that he wanted to learn how to skydive. Insurance. Like, yeah, insurance, insurance reasons. Yeah. It's crazy. Find someone that looks it's like him if he dies, man. you know? Like, <laughs> these producers got to start being filmmakers. You know, they do They do so many reshoots, you know? If an actor dies, just switch out the actor and do yeah, a reshoot. Yeah, just do a swap. Do a swap. You yes. got enough CGI technology. You, you get one of the her. one of the Baldwin brothers. You get another Baldwin exactly. brother, yeah. someone who looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, but funny. like, yeah. <laughs> but that reminds me of like another time. I like I didn't take this person, but I remember someone, one of my friends, took it. Another instructor. He the parachute opens and he goes, 
fuck that bitch. And he's like, I just broke up out of a girlfriend. I just needed, I just broke up with my girlfriend. I needed some release. And like the second, like the really? parachute opens, like he has this. Like, and he wanted to yell it o- he over the world. To, over the world. Because like when you're up there in the sky, like you never feel more away from everyone. Right. And I think that's like majority of why like most skydivers do it is like for that minute you forget about everything. Like you're not, you're not figuring, you're not, you're you ever not worried forget about, about the shoot. Well, yeah. you're, you're, no. you're looking at the horizon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you remember the shoot. That's for sure. Oh, the ground's coming pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. That's like a running joke. It's like, you know what the hardest part of skydiving is? The ground. Yeah. yeah Skydiving's it's easy. It's just now, the ground. That, now that, hurts, that so. said, when I was younger, my father worked with a fellow who was a commercial artist. Uh, he he fenced for Canada um, in the Olympics. No, but he was a skydiver. So it it came down. Do you want to go skydiving, Randy? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Well, that weekend apparently the weather wasn't that great. They kind of canceled. They mm. kind of canceled. But he and his son went, and his son apparently fell like three thousand feet. In a Roman candle deal. Okay. With a shoot doesn't open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hit the ground, bounced, and all he did was break his nose. Apparently, I wow. mean, it was in the paper. His whole face was just black and blue. Yeah. Um, but that, from that moment forward, I'm thinking, hmm. That must. It's not, yeah. for, not for me. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that too. And I mean, now, I, I, I imagine you know... Uh, well, I, I, like, I don't know if I should say a name or not, but uh, our, we, a mutual, I think, uh, buddy uh, in the stunt industry who had a friend oh. pass. Um, Base jumping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, I mean, like with with base jumping, I mean, that's just like a whole, like I've, I've done, I'm, I'm no base expert. I've, uh, I've done uh, three base jumps off a bridge in um, West Virginia looks um, fucking awesome it's dude. fun it's a lot of fun it's this bridge uh called new um is it new gore bridge anyways it's in west virginia it's one day a year it's legal to jump off of so they have this big festival no so shit. you sign up for it uh me and three buddies drove down there we spent the weekend up there did three jumps on the saturday uh it was a wild event um but for base jumping like i would love to get my base number and so base actually stands for B A S E. You have to get all three, le- all four letters to become a base jumper. So I only have S. I have span, which means for bridge. So uh, B is uh, building, uh, antenna, span, and earth. So those are the four things you need to jump off of to become a base jumper. Wow. I only have one of them. I would love to just get. Is it. this a legit thing this or a legit just thing. a community this thing? This is a legit thing. Like you literally have to like send your photographs and video to uh some lady down the stage she approves it and then become a base jumper and no then shit. what do you do from there no you just have become a, a base you're just a base jumper like you could oh, you could okay, do okay. you know there's there's yeah, you're there's, there's a, because there's a, you're still alive yeah there's a whole group of people yeah, yeah there's a whole secret group of people uh in toronto jumping off bridge uh, off buildings like downtown and things like that or no off bridges, all no over doubt. the states but like that's just another aspect of like pushing the limits like 
anytime and especially base jumping guys like that start doing wing suiting across mountaintops if you see those videos like that's awesome. something i don't want to do it's like, incredible it's, it's beautiful to you watch see those guys yeah. thread that needle yeah it, it's insane they ride along cliffs and touch their fingertips along the oh, wall yeah, yeah, yeah. well they wouldn't touch but they get very close but oh my god that's you're amazing. you just wrote a check that you're like most of those base jumpers and those crazy videos you see most of those guys are dead so it's like once you start doing it either you retire quick or you're gonna die and and that's just something you know that's in mm-hmm. anything in life like you, you want to wow. experience the, the joy of it and and some that's that's like an aspect i would love to jump off like a cliff in like norway but i would love to do it in like the safest way possible like even in parachuting like uh i've done some crazy stuff jumped into like stadiums and and beaches and like these crazy locations and that's cool but uh like for me to like jump like uh, a high performance parachute that's much smaller like i don't want to do that like I, I like landing i already do enough crazy things so like it's always people pushing the limits and and they should absolutely everyone does that but then you have to respect that aspect of once you push it too far and and you die like uh that it, you know so given the you wrote that check uh i <laughs> mean yeah, man. i mean a oh, oh, hundred years ago guys weren't jumping out of planes no that's only a hundred years ago. We yeah. we talk history all the time. Our country's young, yet it's older than a hundred years. And there's always daredevils. There's, Everyone has that daredevil experience. Like I was in, I was shooting a film in um, Niagara Falls, and I spent uh, the you know studio put you up at Niagara Falls for a hotel, and I'm there chilling by Niagara Falls, and like the only thing that I got interested in Niagara Falls because it is, <laughs> it was beautiful to finish off the day at 5 a.m. because Niagara Falls is empty. That's the best time to see right. Niagara Falls. No tourists. No tourists. Yeah, the casino's empty too. Huh? Yeah. yeah I I, like well, that. I went there and then like at 10 o'clock, it's busy. I, 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 Niagara Falls is like the worst place during oh, yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to experience the falls, go at 5 a.m. But then the only thing I was interested in is I looked up the history of all the people that went over the falls. Yeah. There's like 20 or 30 people that went over the falls. Six people died. What do you mean over? They went over in barrels. One guy oh, went. I see. One guy went over in a kayak. You know. <laughs> oh, uh, one, oh, he died. The foot things. <laughs> he died. The kayak guy died. He was so confident that he was going to survive. He booked a hotel room at one of the hotels. Looking over, reading the story is insane. And but he died. Another guy went over with a jet ski. Died. It's just guys pushing the limits. A but jet ski. Yeah, a jet ski. That's ridiculous. I mean, you're likely to get more. Like, You'll get length. forward. I yeah, thought about but this. You're not I, going over the falls. You're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It's the daredevil mentality. Like, so I was reading about this, <laughs> watching YouTube videos, but I was on the falls at like five a.m. and just, and maybe it's like even with the stunts too. Like, you look at it, it's like, yeah, you could do this. You, you you could get this done. Like, and that's always that like daredevil mentality. You know, the first person I went over the falls was a ninety. Oh no, a 65 year old woman, in like eighteen fifty. Yeah, well, she broke both idiot. her ankles. It took a long time she to broke, think about doing this. She survived, broke both her ankles. What, like, there's always that daredevil was mentality. She, in a barrel or she was that? in a barrel, a wooden barrel. Why a barrel? Why the fuck? Well, a you're barrel? in 1850. What else are you going to pick? True. True. I have one of these. They were so even, just, like, you know what? She we obviously were, drank all the whiskey yeah, in she, it. Yeah. Probably in it and then got in. But she broke yeah. both her ankles and she did it for fame more than anything else and money okay okay yeah well she's and obviously she's got really us famous talking about none her. of us know her well yeah. we're talking about her well we're talking about but i don't remember name? i don't remember her name <laughs> Yo, we, we gotta the, give a shout out and an instagram handle 
for this girl. For the, no. Oh my god, <laughs> that was before Instagram, right? Oh yeah. They even um, to attract people. I'm just on Niagara Falls because it's just such an interesting history there because it's just so wild. Like you know, it's such <laughs> a weird history, and then you see these like. I think there was like five wax museums yeah. in like a walking distance. It's like, oh, yeah. is this Niagara Falls or is this like some carnival? It's a competition between who can do they the tried... better Batman. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, do you go to Niagara? And I always find that interesting, especially working in the movie industry and seeing like those wax museums. Like, okay, if you met these actors in real life, you would not be taking photos of them. Like, they're just like <laughs> such regular people. And it's just like this, this glow around them. But like like Niagara Falls attracted people. I remember back in like the 1800s, they said they even threw wild animals. They would put like lions and tigers and like giraffes on a wooden boat and launch them over the falls. Why? Look that up. That is a history. That is Canadian. That's ridiculous. Just because they needed people, tourists to come in. Oh, good. There goes Jerry the giraffe. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the fuck? I think it was like I think it was like eighteen hundreds. You oh know when they God. first caught giraffes, they had like thousands of them. Well, like, I can imagine discovering Niagara Falls and then thinking, what can we throw over the? You know, yeah. somebody listening thing. to this is going to sue their family now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like in the eighteen hundreds. So, like, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Just, yeah. Wow. Oh, like, oh, Billy, I dare you. I dare you to go. Yeah, yeah, well, talk about like stunts and rigging and making everything safe. It's yeah, like let's just it. throw this, throw a bunch of animals in a thing and just sh- shove them over the. So, pole. so this was for people to watch. To watch, yeah, that was an advertising. They have like posters of it, like, and it was just interesting. And like, you know, it's funny. Like, you almost <sighs> have to appreciate like when movie sets or when movie productions send you to like an austere location. It's like. I, I spent an extra time like after like working 12 hours like I, I remember just going up and down because like who I'm never going to rent uh, a hotel room in Niagara Falls like it's ridiculous right. but I'm working there I'm going to spend like an extra hour I do, I do it all the time but look at Kingston like when we, we were hanging out and having a great time and and having all that great uh, downtime in that uh, area but learning the history of like Niagara Falls, which is just like down the street from us, and and what the the crazy things that they do there. It's, totally, it's, it's man. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingston was incredible. Kingston's a lot of fun. Yeah, like, I, that was fun. I I had no idea. I had I, no I, idea. I shot, I shot in Kingston. That was before. a cool. That was a cool set. I don't know why they don't film more in that old penitentiary, man. That was really. Well, I'm cool. sure they do. A lot I'm of sure TV do, series but, do. I heard yeah, Pittsburgh's cool. got a better <laughs> one. So uh, Pittsburgh's got an empty one. That's what they got. <laughs> True, but they don't have as as good as a Roberts team. Oh, Robert's the first, yeah, the first no. season. No way. Can't but wait to see it. It was that cool. Was fun, like, though, it man. was such a cool thing. Like, and it, everything that we even did, it was cool that Ter- Taylor Sheridan was like, okay, do it. Yeah. Like, we, we did this. And they're like, yeah, I love that. We did this. And like, it was nice to like almost like allow the guys that have done it for real to have an input in the actual show. Absolutely. And, and well, I think really that cool. he, he was into authenticity. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that with everything yeah. that he's. Done I wanted too. to bypass the uh, wardrobe people, and I showed him the patches, and he said, "What's that mean?" I told him. He said, "Yeah, fuck yeah." Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. showing him the yeah. picture. He's like, "Do it." Yeah, and yeah, that was he, awesome. So. Yeah, I remember showing him my dick pic. He was like, "Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, keep that in, keep that in there." Yeah. Yep, kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put that in it. And shout out to Hugh Dillon, my friend from uh, Flashpoint, in a lot of years. Uh, I wouldn't have been there without Hugh. Um, 
I miss him. I wish I was down there with him. 100%. Yeah, he, yeah, he was amazing. Like he would just yeah. even allow us to do things that's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, Absolutely. Sure. And the and the reason we talk about the show so uh, beautifully is because of uh, the authenticity, the great the amount of uh, yeah, and there was a, there was a freedom to be a little bit creative and all this other. You know, you had talked earlier about this lack of um, perhaps trust in in the 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 person who you got specifically involved on the crew to make this particular thing happen sure and in that show it felt like uh they delegated properly and they sort of said you know you know this is my this is my dream now you just uh yeah tell me how i can make this happen properly you know yeah Yeah. that that was fucking cool yeah i think it's important to hire professionals and let them do what they do yeah and even shout out to like uh, like you coming into a group of guys that already have like this deep history, uh, like with Sean and Gordy and Dave, like, Oh my God, we had like a hundred years Dude, of like, it was unreal of like gunfighting experience. You came on that. And then what's even crazier is Hamish coming on. And he had like three, I remember talking to him when I first trained him, he goes three days, I was bartending. And, uh, but he made the extra effort be like, he always came to me. Like, I didn't have to... Like, I'm always worried about, like, overstepping, especially with actors. He was yeah. like, I want an extra training day. I want an extra training day. I want to be way better than this. Like, even, like, texting me when he's working on season two. is like, I'm doing this, this, and this. I'm like, right on. Like, uh, Well, it's good research. It's good Professional research. Professional actor. You know, he's doing the, his due diligence, as he should. Yeah. And that's know, great, but sense. but you also see the opposite on sets where like I've had been actors like oh you should do it this way or or maybe like that's not real and they'll be like I'm doing it my way. I'm like okay cool. Well, look, that's the difference stupid. between a pro yeah and a not pro. Totally. Something like that yeah you know pro and not pro pro and not pro a yeah. pro and not pro. <laughs> that's like <clears throat> you and me in kayaks. Yeah, yeah pro. And not bro, not bro, not bro. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, that was funny. But you're also making movies too. It's like, so don't you want to do it as close to the realness as possible? Well, you in the safest way. I mean, you 100%. you must yeah. you must watch a million movies and Thousand. but I mean not just not just gun movies. Sure. Okay, like a cop might say to me, "Oh, that's not how you're a cop." But military movies. Oh, man. military movies. Yeah, with me are the worst. Yeah. I mean, but now having said that. Just quickly, uh, I, when I was on a show, I was on a show the other day. It was uh, based in the 1960s, and it, had, it was a true story of sorts. Every time I hear the, the words "true story," I, I kind of roll my eyes. Okay, you know. Yeah. And then you know, th- is this true story as uh, as substantial uh, across the you know not just from the writer's perspective uh, or the director's perspective, but then there's the wardrobe makeup you know there's all these people that got to be as authentic as possible and uh they literally rehearsed this scene that we were in they wanted to bring us in before lunch to block and rehearse it we blocked and rehearsed and we went back to uh, we went and grabbed our lunch went to our trailers and in that time we were told that nothing was as it was uh when it happened so everything we just rehearsed is out, is out the window. And then we were told two completely different scenarios that would probably happen. And I went, story. well, which one was true? Which one's the true one? Yeah, yeah. Which, which is, what's happening? 
So, and, and I mean, my coordinator was just as, you know, like, I don't know. And, uh, so I imagine anyway, even when a, a situation is supposed to be uh, authentic and even when it's not authentic or it's, or it's just a nonfiction or, or sorry, it's a fiction story. I mean, you must, you must uh, 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 want to hurl. Yeah, there's, there's, and I'm... I remember I, I came in as a consultant for a space show. Okay, I'm not going to name names, but it was, it was a movie set in space with futuristic aliens and all that. <laughs> they wanted these, this alien race to look like SWAT, like look like military. They had these like space guns. <laughs> That's, That's what already they do. funny. Nothing yeah. real, but it's all this like the weird space and they all have these weird uniforms. So I had to figure out how they looked cool and military like. Because, like, the actors had very little mobility because of the costumes that they had. They're, like, they, they weren't humans. They were, like, this, like, uh, like a lizard race or something like that. And then we did... The, I figured it out how they <laughs> could look story. cool, yeah. right? And they, they, they did awesome. They, the director loved it, but the, the coordinator for that, she's like, that's not how they do it. That's not how they do it. I go, really? Is that... Do you know how they do it And like... Planet Zorbob or like wherever we're like <laughs> pretending to be the, the like stunt coordinator. The stunt coordinator was angry at me. Like now we that's can not... figure out what the show is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like it's just like she, it's right? like I'm trying. I'm trying to help you as much as I can. Sure, if you don't like it, we'll change it however you want it. But like, we're, I, like you're giving me a space show with these fake laser guns that shoot like plasma. You know, I'm trying to help you as much as I can, but don't like disagree with me as saying that's not how it's like done. It's like that's how no, listen, uh, listen, Adam. Uh, we need we want this alien race to be legit. They they each yeah. have eight arms. Go. Yeah, eight arms, and they are uh, the special forces of Planet Gloop Glop. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like that's the backstory <laughs> I got. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's like make it look cool as possible. Like. Director loves it, but it's like someone else doesn't love it. It's like okay, you, you, but you, in anything, you can't please everyone. It's like, oh. yeah, the stunt coordinator. What's, the stunt it, coordinator. what's it like? Uh, <laughs> what's it like when you gotta be cool rather than uh, like you got like Schwarzenegger or or someone of the sort, and you gotta be? It's meant to look fucking rock and roll. Not you know what? In it, anything that looks cool on camera is the real thing. Once you add the real thing, it's always cooler. Yo, I agree with that. You know. Okay. Are like, you guys doing this Schwarzenegger? Uh, we are. We are, we are supplying is. the firearms for the Schwarzenegger show. Um, uh, I'm, like, I haven't been working on that because we have another lead armor. Anytime there's a show, we tend to have like sure. a lead armor. Makes sense. Um, and then sometimes they even get hired as a consultant separate from like the army, uh, the armor stuff. But um, it's nice to see like. Like even Polar, Polar, they came in um, and they wanted to see all the guns that, that would play. The actor picked up a gun that he wanted, uh, like Mad Mickelson figured out a gun that his character would like gravitate to and that, that'd be his sort of hero gun. Uh, and, th and that's cool to see. But a lot of times it's like, ah, just bring in a gun. Or like they'd bring in, oh man, there's so many times where they would pick a gun because they think it looks cool on camera and then they... I come in with the real gun and like the actor can't use it right? because uh, either it's way too advanced for them or uh, they're and not to be insulting. They're too weak for yeah, the, the, wrist thing. the wrist thing or pulling the trigger. There's some people who can't pull like a very heavy trigger and then they film like weeks with a rubber gun 
And then I bring in the real gun and the actor can't shoot the gun. And it's like, well, why'd you pick that gun? They're like, oh, we like the look of it. It's like, well, why didn't you, if you trained the actor, I would have told you never to pick this gun. Uh, but we liked how she cared. And then like, and then it's my fault. They're like, can you make the gun easier to shoot? It's like, no, the gun is the gun. Like, or um, we bring in like a fake gun and like a rubber gun or um, an airsoft because they don't want to have either safety concerns to have a real gun on set, but I'm there to babysit a toy gun. And then the toy gun fails, breaks. And they're like, can you fix it? I go, no. I, I didn't build this thing. I didn't. If it was a real gun, I could fix it no problem because that's what I'm trained to do. But you guys ordered the cheap option, and you want me to fix something that doesn't look real and it's a toy. I have zero expertise in this, so you guys are just downgrading yourself every time. Like, oh, I got the real one in the truck. You want the real one? No, no, no we don't want the real one. It's like we want. To- so shout out to producers who want to buy cheap shit. Yeah, you should be hiring the real, de- re- the real yeah. deal. You want the real things? Order the real things. Get the <clears throat> experts that know how to use the sun. Like you're not going to have a guy driving a charger, you know, whipping down like the Gardner Expressway for some crazy scene, and and that's the first day he drove the charger. Like you know. True yeah, enough. yeah, yeah, True totally. Enough. Yeah. I mean, they've done that, but that charger ends that. up around a post. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere. And then they have to order three, four more chargers. <laughs> and right. they won't spend money on that, but then they spend money on all sorts of bullshit that's just a waste, a waste of money. Of money yeah. Now, is there a movie that you watch that you're like, now, okay, what I want to know. This is a good question. Here, I is have... there a possibility to pause this? <laughs> all right. All right. 10-1, uh, as what they call in the movie industry. 10-1. Yeah, 10-1. Going again. Yeah, you can't say on the radio. Yeah, I'm gonna go take a piss. It's always like true. It's ten yeah, one. ten. Yeah, ten yeah one. you're like ten. Ten guys, ten two. Ten two. Ten yeah. two. I, I you know what? Right? I haven't ten heard two. ten two on the radio. Ten two. No, no. <laughs> everybody's too embarrassed to go to ten two. Yeah, ten yeah. Two. They say ten one. You know, and maybe a little. You long. know what bugs me on set <laughs> after being so many years in the army? When when guys say copy, like on the radio in that's the army. I, that's what we do yeah, constantly. <laughs> constantly copy that, copy that. In the army, you say copy that is is a totally different structure. Like. To, for us to respond on the radio, it's always Roger that or Roger. And to hear copy that, because it's a copy that is like when you're sending like coordinates and then you, you oh, need someone copying. to copy it. Yeah, that's the <laughs> only time we use copy that. So anytime I'm on the radio, especially as a gun guy or just sitting on set and it just drives me up the wall. because like you're using wrong radio procedure. And I'll like in the army, I would yell at a, like a private for using that type of procedure wrong. But like here in the movie industry, I just have to. You know, stay quiet. <laughs> yeah, nobody says Roger. No one says. Yeah, Roger. no one says Roger. Yeah, copy that. Why, copy that. Yeah, copy that. That just that just puts the movie business uh, into a. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's exactly. You know, I'm as really it is. upset right now. Yeah, yeah. Everything's fucking fake. <laughs> it, it's already been doing it for so many years. Yeah, I, I can't correct. Well, that, speaking so. of fake, one of my favorite movies in the whole world uh, is <laughs> is Kick Ass. Kick Ass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you watch yeah. that movie? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was is filmed it, here, right, in Toronto. Yeah, I guess yeah. A lot of yeah. it is filmed in Toronto. Yeah. Actually, yeah, there's tons of stunt guys that I've seen in yeah, it. Yeah, kick ass is shot here. Anyway, I love that movie. Now, it's not a military movie. It's sure. not a cop movie. It's yeah. not anything like that. But there are guns and there's action, and it's really good. I mean, in my opinion, there's a lot of moments in that movie that are just like, wow, I, I can't believe that it's been executed the way it has. Not everything is perfect, that's for sure, um, but it is a great film. Now there's the scene where Nicolas Cage uh, shoots the young lady. I forget her. 
can't remember her oh, name, but if you remember her name, uh, Cort- say it. Yeah, it's like Cortez. No, it's, Cor- uh, Cortez. Yes, I it's Cortez. Know. She's a knight. Haley something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but he 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 shoots her uh, with uh, like what looks like a fucking forty caliber revolver or some shit like that right mm. and and she goes flying back she's got her vest on she's like dad that kind of hurt and he's like well now you're ready how close is that scene to anything realistic and how close could that movie or any movie similar well, to it yeah like that scene if she shoot like if a father's shooting a 45 caliber bullet at like a like i think she was like 10 or 12 yeah even if with body armor she'd probably break a couple uh ribs for sure right um but uh <laughs> so of course there's there's movie magic happening and and things like that but um I always say to actors, especially when they like putting on body armor or carrying a fake gun, it's like, don't you want the real thing? It's like when we add foam into body armor and it looks like it's just wrapping around them, it doesn't look good. I go put this like uh, sometimes I, I force them to wear training plates, like plates that we would use in even in the army to train in. It'd feel like the real thing. It'd look like the real thing. It's like, don't you want that? And like even on MOK, it's like we're and it was very difficult for even the actors to fight us because like all the SWAT guys were wearing the real stuff. Um, we were wearing seal plates. It was heavy. It was daunting. It didn't make the day go any better. But I kept telling these guys like uh, anyone wearing them, even like guys that played like cops. I go, guys, like we wear these things every day for hours. We're on a movie set for. You're wearing this for six, seven hours during the day. You could handle this. Like, don't you want to be feeling like what your character would be feeling on a like a hot day wearing this gear? Do you know it. what I did on Suicide Squad? This one day with that that uh, gun that I believe you held in the in the real deal, fucking army. Right. Uh, the at the LMG, time, they were the calling it a gun? saw. The saw, yeah. The Americans called the saw the squad automatic. Of course, weapon they call there. it the saw. Of course, the yeah. Americans call Ameri- it the saw. Americans have good names. So, yeah, and I get it. I was like, why the saw? Like stupid question. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, uh, saws everyone in half. Anyway, so why the saw? Uh, well, it's named saw in the states. We call it an LMG, light machine gun. Stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> the Americans call it a squad automatic weapon. Uh, oh, saw. okay. So oh, okay. it wasn't legit for like tearing yeah, it legs off. Saw, saw people down. <laughs> yeah, it was like the saw gun. Uh, shoot a machine gun. A machine gun is used for suppression. It's meant for meant to to keep the enemy's heads down. Well, I, yeah. So you could get closer and closer, and then the guys with the rifles do the precision shooting, right? Okay, well, that... I you mean, don't have just, to be accurate just, with the machine gun. Just holding that gun, we had to... I mean, basically, uh, I, I used it. It was fucking awesome to yeah, use. Of course. Just, I'm like... You everyone know, using I, that gun is, feels like dude, a million Dude, it was bucks. amazing. I was I, My whole action was to take a knee and start blasting uh, an apparent monster that just isn't there in the subway, right? Now, then my head comes off, and it fucking kills me, whatever, whatever. But most of my day was me running with this fucking gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was the only one with that gun. There was a whole crew of dudes behind me, and I'm the only one with the gun. And the guy, and I don't know his name, but the guy that was their consultant that day was a Navy SEAL, and he said, uh, you're the biggest dude. You're getting this gun. Uh, yeah. This is the <laughs> one that I used when I was uh, running around. Holy shit, I've used that line fucking, so many times. Which is hilarious because... I thought about that. I've thought about that. It, you know, it doesn't sit with my dreams, 
but sure. it, but I've thought about it as you're holding and, it. Yeah. yeah, and I think and I think to myself, you know, okay, big dude, big dude, that's what we do. Then I then I met you and found out that you used it, and I went, dude, he's not a huge motherfucker. No, yeah, you fucking ran around with this thing. Yeah, you carried it. It's just part of your part of your repertoire. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just yeah, like yeah. Like it's my cell phone. You, know, you name it. Right. <laughs> actually, the one I had in Afghanistan, I actually called her uh, Avril. I was really name. yeah, Avril. After Avril Lavigne. Uh, yeah, I was a really? big fan of Avril Lavigne. No, it's oh, Canadian yeah. thing. Wow. Yeah, it's Canadian thing. Loser. You gotta yeah. call. Yeah, but you gotta call your rifle. You gotta give it a woman's name. Yeah, it's I'm a tradition. Big fan. Nickelback. Nickelback. I named my cell phone Chad Kroger. Yeah. No, we yeah. we listen to Nickelback in the car, but you can't name your uh, <laughs> rifle uh, Chad Kroger or Chad Kroger. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, that happened the other day. I was uh, um, because the the movie or the TV show didn't want real guns. So we brought in fake airsofts, and the actors were complaining. Like, can I get a lighter one? I go, I can't get go lighter than this. This is the fakest gun of fake, fake, fake. It's plastic. Carry it. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, you want me to switch out? You've already been filmed for two days with it. I can't switch you out. Pretend, dude. You're acting. You okay, know? so are there any movies that that don't that just don't seem as fake? <sighs> like, uh, like I I've, I, I imagine think, military movies yeah, try hard to be. They, they do. Real. Try, like, I think most recently that I watched, which was amazing, was um, Terminal List. Terminal List on Amazon Prime was fantastic. Terminal Terminal List, List with uh, Chris Pratt. But they had actual like Navy SEALs and proper consultants, and and the writer for that was a it was an ex Navy SEAL, so they were were getting this authentic, for sure out the out the door. Um, like uh, some of my classic favorites is like Band of Brothers. I watch that every year around Chris, one, Christmas man. time. Amazing, amazing mm-hmm. show. I've always imagined. Uh, I think sometime in the future, because like I think we we all have our different aspects, like working in the movie industry and stunts, and like like even you, like you're going into more writing and you want to you know Absolutely. make your own stuff, and and that's great. And I think I think me even doing other things other than uh, you know armor stuff because uh, you know I love the time there and I love consulting. Um, you know, the more movies have a consultant, I feel like okay, this guy wants the real thing. Uh, but like Band of Brothers is amazing. It's it's and and that's why I always imagine like maybe one day I would love in the future making like a Band of Brothers. But like some of our Canadian stories, because like there's only so much you can do in movies. Uh, I think to movies that are even filmed here that we sort of glorify, you know, American contact and American history. It's like they're oh my god like well they're american made they're american made but there's so many cooler stories that we have in our history that like no one hears about and it's almost like i only get to talk about them like one time a year when i do like remembrance day ceremonies or talk to schools and people have like no idea like canada did this or did that or i've I've heard that canada's tack uh what are they tack force oh what am i trying to say uh JTF2? Yeah, 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 yeah. Joint Task task Force 2. That they've had more uh, uh, rescue missions and and successful rescues than any other, you know. I mean, we take pride, like, talking about, like, the infantry side of things and and being a grunt in the Canadian Army, like, I could say with pride, um, the Canadian Army takes, like, as as soldiers, as individuals, we take pride in, in getting... 
knowing all aspects of our job, like um, where we train because we're such a small army, we train in all F aspects that, you know, if, you know, if this guy goes down, someone could replace him or that we're so like multi-level trained that we have, we do a lot more with a lot little. Like, so uh, like I, I, we are way better trained, maybe not the best equipment, but that's, that's Canada. Um, but we have such a drive and driving force. It's like even the, the people don't know, like the term stormtroopers was a term developed by the Germans to talk about Canadians. They're like, these guys are stormtroopers. We keep shooting them down. They keep jumping over the hill. Really? Really? Shooting, yeah. In World War II, they called the uh, Canadians stormtroopers because they couldn't stop them. They had no That's idea to cool. stop them. I'm proud to know that. Yeah. And like even like look at Vimy Ridge. Vimy Ridge is the first operation that all Canadians were a part of. Like They're like, okay, we can't figure out how to get this uh, hill. You know what, Canadians... This is the first time you get to do your own thing. Let's see if you could do it. And we did it successfully, but we planned it out. And that was the first time uh, back in the early 1900s where uh, back in the day when they started, uh, you know, training in warfare, the lower level guys, like the infantry guys, like the, the grunts, they'd be like, okay, run up that hill and, you know, kill the enemy. This was the first time they started implementing planning with the younger guys with the lower level guys so everyone knew because it's one thing to know what you do on the battlefield but it's has to it's a it's another thing of understanding of your part to the larger picture of things so that's the first time that they started implementing training with everyone or not even training mm. but like the um, missions so like canadians we take pride in really knowing what we're going to do prior to doing it so when we do have a mission, we're ready to go. We do our little training. We we do scenarios just so when we actually do it for real life, it's going to like uh, be more like clockwork. And that's in Vimy Ridge. That's when they first implemented, okay, you're doing this because this guy needs this to get done. So you need to capture this at this time. And it, it's just crazy how that our history of sort of developing that, especially as a young nation at the time, um, and guys coming together just to like get over this one hill and capture it from the Germans. Like it, it's insane. And we don't hear that enough because we're, we're, I think we're oversaturated with like American history and American like war stories. And, and we have so much in, in this country that we, we don't do enough of. Do you but, ever get a headshot and because you're Canadian, you say, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. What? A headshot? Yeah. You know, you're, <laughs> I don't, you're, you're more polite. I don't mean to be brutal about yeah, yeah. it. You're, you're more polite. Yeah, you're just polite. No, I'm just being a dick. I know. That's... It's funny. I, I, like, I remember this one story. Um, like in our regiment, we have a regimental drink uh, called uh, Calvados. It's a French brandy, uh, apple brandy. It's made in Normandy. So the reason why it's our regimental drink and we shoot, we, we take shots on like Remembrance Day, Christmas, anytime we have some sort of thing. But the reason why it's our regimental drink is... When we stormed the beaches in Normandy, they hid the Calvados from the Germans for four years. Like they buried it. They wouldn't allow the Germans to drink the brandy because it was such a, like a special like drink to them. The second, cool. the first night Canadians were there, I think it took like, I talked, I talked to like even Jack and some other uh, World War II vets at the time. Um, they go, yeah, like I was in a bunker and some guy brought this uh, glass of brandy apple brandy and I think that's my phone. Uh, 
Oh, is that what we're hearing? Okay. It's probably somebody here wasn't it. Suddenly, or, suddenly we're in a, a fucking call center. Brandy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> it took it took uh, like eight hours for Canadians to find the booze that was buried uh, in France and dug it up, and we were drinking uh, apple brandy. Because one thing that like the French offered it to us as liberators and and things like that, but like within eight hours we found the brandy faster than the Germans uh, found the brandy in four years, right? Um, and then that sort of made a staple as Calvados as our staple staple drink as our like regimental. Oh, that's drink. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Cool, cool piece of history. It's a cool piece of history, yeah. When we have you back, we'll have some. Well, I'll, I'll, I will bring some proper Calvados. I won't, I won't bring the cheap stuff. I'll bring the proper one. I was even Fucking thinking about a. the, like, what can I bring today? But next time I do this, I'll, I'll definitely bring Calvados. Yeah, we'll, we'll drink Calvados. Uh, we're early here, you know. Uh, now you've this, got is a, some this is a beautiful thing, though, that you guys got here. I mean, like. Thanks, man. Uh, and especially, like, seeing, like, you guys seen, like, so many different aspects from cops to, like, you had a firefighter on last and army guy. It's, like... It's kind of cool. We're just having our friends on. Yeah, that's what, that's what makes us easier. Yeah, like, I, I can never do this if it was, like, any any two other people, like, other than... Ah, oh, man. Senior Butch and Baby Butch. You know, no, that's great. <laughs> it must be hard being Baby... You know, like, you're stuck with Baby Butch. No, I love it. Yeah, I don't okay. care. You know what? Uh, Where's Baby Butcher? I think that uh, there is a certain perspective uh, that comes from who others about that? who I am and all. Oh, that was a Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea. On Chelsea Kingston. Started, or, uh, or not first AD, uh, whatever. The second AD. Trailer AD. Second AD. I can't even. Second. I can't even. I remember getting my Actra. And I had to do the Actra intro course. <laughs> and I was already in the film industry as an armor for like several years. And it was like, it was almost embarrassing. It's like you had to like, they had like name descriptions. You had to like find the best grip, find the director. And like, I remember like even like in that class, they're like, <laughs> the director, don't ever talk to him. You never talk to the director. It's like, okay. What, what the hell? Yeah, it's just, What's, I, I mean, they're this. obviously trying to set you up to just be, you know, just shut up, yeah, shut just, up, shut up, shut up, shut yeah. up. And so that when you do speak up. I think like I think that right was moment. meant for background. It was meant for background. And no for, offense for, to background. No, no offense to background. But, but, and I totally understand that. When you get like 500 people on set. Yeah, they have no reason to go speak to the director. Yeah. But hey, man, I love, I love being Baby Butch. Baby it's all Butch, good, yeah. man. I mean, Chelsea made it up, but I'll I'll, I'll play Baby it Butch works. forever. Yeah, Baby Butch. Senior, senior. Are you Senior Butch now, or are you just Butch? Just, just Butcher. 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 Yeah. Uh, Don't be adding butcher. Senior to shit. Yeah. What I love about you, though, Randy, I've bad respect is like the second when you when I hear Randy's rapped, boom, gone. Never hear from him again. <laughs> Yo, so he is the fastest offset. I remember being on set one time and <laughs> someone wrapped me. Someone wrapped me and I'm like, great, I'm wrapped, locked up my guns. Well, I was on the highway within two seconds. And someone, uh, the first, the second AD yelled at me. He's like, where did you go? I don't, when I wrap you, I expect you to be on set for at least half an hour before you leave. I go, no, you wrapped me. The second you Why? say wrapped, gone. Yeah. No. And exactly. mad, like, mad respect for you. You're, well, you're already like, like in the car, gone. Like, oh, you, know, you want me back? Okay, give me. No, when you day. showed up today, you were like, no wonder you fucking jet because yeah, yeah. we, we live guys, an hour an hour outside the city without traffic. Yeah, and Toronto's one of the tough. most traffic heavy cities in the fucking world. Um, but yeah, no, I a million times I've worked with, uh, you know, obviously on set with my with my dad, and then and then a whole whack of other stunt people, and they 
They're always getting dressed as fast as they fucking can. Some of them know Randy Butcher and get dressed so fast that they can shake his hand and say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, some of them just don't know, but they want to be prepared and they're signing out and, you know, and, and they're just standing there waiting. They literally wait. And I'm like, if you're, I can say it. If you're waiting for Randy, he's already home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's already, he's gone, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? Just, you're, you know what I love? Like actually. That's being, experience. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> like I have like when, and then it's like, oh, you want Randy back? Yeah. He's send up more paperwork for another day because yeah like, yeah you wrapped he's gone yeah, he's already that, gone that's genius <laughs> but like like i it's it's amazing being so many years on set it's like and being in the army in terms of like working and and the different dynamics it's like i always wanted i think every movie set needs some infantry sergeant or like warrant officer to be like the first ad it's like Okay, next scene. We got five minutes. Uh, are you going to be ready? No, ten minutes. No, you got five. Next, it's like yeah. There's so much time wasted on set. It's a it's yeah. The best incredible. the best first eighties are always the ones I hate the most. Sure, hands down. Yeah, but they're the best. But they're the best. They're the best. Like, they get they get the day. They get everything done. You they, know, they some, help move shit. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. In Ireland, in Ireland, it was amazing working on Vikings. Because they would work for 12 hours and like the second 12 hours is done, gone. Everyone's... Really? Yeah, you can't... Why? Like, Why? Why? Cause I they mean, have other a, than they have a strict 12, respect for they people. Have, they have a strict 12 hours. But like it's an, it's an interesting 12 hours because it's like, okay, you're here for 12 hours, work. But the second 12 hours hits, everyone's gone. I, I remember like, I think uh, I remember seeing directors being like past five minutes and they would get like chastised and like fined to a like don't waste our time like you have this amount of time and then but then the next day they're mm. ready to go at like whatever like say like nine o'clock's your next day they're ready to go and they will work i can imagine their that. ass off for 12 hours and then the second the 12 hour hits gone that's the way it should be yeah be. i mean i mean as a stunt guy i don't deal with those kind of hours i i do I uh, noticed that a lot of grips or ADs or uh, set uh, builders, transport, yeah. there's all locations, there's all kinds of fucking people that come to set and uh, they're there before you yeah. and they're there after you and then they're there before you again in the morning and you're like, dude, I got six hours of sleep. Yeah. What the fuck were you doing, man? Yeah. yeah. yeah see, I was sleeping in his truck. There needs she, to be there needs to be some people that just go around sets like, okay, I'm going to watch you for one hour. If you're not doing anything productive, like, <laughs> yeah, no shit, yeah, no yeah. shit. That's hilarious. Like, I think I think because they could they could wrap up some of these movies way quicker if they just start you know pumping out like okay we're doing this scene next let's do it and it's like let's get it done. It's like oh we we need this we need this we need that like sometimes they they spread it out too much because they want like more extra days I don't know what it is. I think it's, it's like, like I think it's just crushing shit as fast and hard as possible. It's like the American way is like let's crush one so we can get in another. Time is money, you know, buddy. It's like yeah, it's like yeah, beers. time is money, but they extend that time. Movies to make in that America money. nowadays is like beers. Just crush one. Let's crush another. Let's get a shot in. Yeah. Let's get another. Let's get a joint. Let's get as much as we can get in. <laughs> but sometimes they like they, I like I, I like it boggles me. Maybe I don't know too much, but I, I see it. 
it's like we could get this shot done like five minutes ago it's like what what are we like spreading our time out for yeah and uh like we're on like location we we got the set for like two days like let's get let's get it done like we don't need the coffee break. We don't need this. It's like pump it out. There's so many aspects. I mean, yeah, yeah when I'm on set, uh, I like to get lunch. I don't even like to go to lunch. Neither no. do I. I think no. I think lunches I during like. summer days are useless, especially useless, well winter yeah. days because you're going to get night very you know very quickly. But if you're a grip or you're oh, no. or you're somebody on set all Somebody's day, somebody's lifting and heavy stuff. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. your home. This is your life. Yeah, I get your it. home yeah. life. I get it. You want that? Just lunch. give a half hour pay through that. Give everybody a sandwich I, and let's You know, move since forward. COVID, yeah. I do miss the hour lunch because, like, the, I I find since COVID the food went bad because oh, now oh, well, there's that. No, it's always catering. cold. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> the first time I had catered like actually buffet food was a co- last week and it was almost like whoa this is really weird it's like it is why weird. Are we, and this is hot food the first time i had hot food in a long time wow yeah anyway. i've i yeah you're right man yeah. uh for a while that like in, on mlk they did constant rolling lunches yeah which was honestly i don't mind a stunt guy I, I was all in oh me I, too i eat and move know. on yeah, let's just, just eat and go. Let's just keep going. Yeah, yeah we're just because at the end of the day, we're just filming a movie. You know, we're just filming yeah. a show. It's this, this child's play. There's been multiple times in the army where I'm like, I had to decide whether to sleep or eat. Where it's like, okay, I could eat for 15 minutes or I could take a nap for 15 minutes. And a lot of times, I take the nap for 15 minutes. But it's like, let's just like eat whenever you can. Let's get this done and l- let's leave at a proper hour instead of wasting time on overtime. Well, doesn't that mean, 100%. do you not, do, do you not become like a grip or, or a, a regular uh, crew member in a time like that? S- sort of when you're in the army, I mean, where you just kind of appreciate an hour of lunch. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean like, yeah, like, you know, you, you even catch guys on set and I get it. There's some guys that work, and really their job is only really at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. And like usually during filming, they don't have anything to do and they could sleep. But that's fine. It's like, and I would love to like take a nap throughout the day too. Uh, but like during that break, it's like, okay, great. I could shut off. I could like close my eyes, take a, take a, like a nap or, or recharge for the second half of the day. So the, the break Time is, is precious. nice. The, the time is precious, but also there's sometimes it's like, Okay, let's just eat whenever you can. Let, let's just get this done. Everyone's responsible, you know. Um, everyone could eat on their own time. They don't need to have this special grandioso break, uh, right. you know, to put their feet up. Because really, like, if, if you have someone watching, like, a lot of these people on set, it's like, okay, you're not doing anything. Like, <laughs> I, could re- I could replace you with, For like, sure. maybe a robot. One, th- one of the things that I learned, actually, training with you guys... Uh, specifically was looking for work yeah this looking for work thing uh you know you're going in a room you, you know whatever oh you, looking for what you have to do yeah, yeah 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 looking for the next thing if you're standing yeah. there doing nothing you better be looking for work yeah yeah exactly like and then that's what it is in the army it's like um when you like say like even on mok when you're coming in you're someone else your buddy beside you is doing a job you have to do everything else to help him so if he's taking care of this sector you're taking care of that and and it's it's just a mutual respect between the two and you a, a mutual understanding because like whatever's behind me i trust my buddy to do, 
to protect me from behind and vice versa and things like that. And once that all comes together, that's when like a whole team works proper, right? Well, can we rewind for a second yeah, and just sure. sort of explain this a little bit more? Only because uh, nobody has this idea. And the thing is, for me, although I don't necessarily consider myself like a real lazy guy, I get into something and I really try to fight to yeah, yeah. perfect this, whatever it is. Um, uh, but learning, or uh, sorry, looking for work made me feel like even in my daily sitting around on my ass was wrong okay sure so it, it for uh, for real when uh, when you guys use the term looking for work yeah um i legitimately used that it, or i was reminded of it in my own regular fucking fat ass life where i just sitting around doing nothing yeah uh and i felt like i gotta look for work yeah sure or what's yeah. the point yeah yeah, yeah. I think too is like people understand like looking for work in your term is like like clearing when you're getting into an area and someone's protecting. I don't want to be wasteful. You don't want to be wasteful. You want to be okay. This guy's doing that job. I could do this job, so he could do that job even better. And I think we lose that a lot. And 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 guys only get that when they have that training or in their they they do a job that has a type of uh, mutual respect between like team members, right? Like. And that's even adamant in the stunt world, even in the army world, even in the police world. Like you're doing one job and the guy beside you is doing another job to make your job even easier. And you got to like have that mutual understanding of um, the guy behind you has your back, guy in front of you has yeah. your back. This is how you're going to feel comfortable in, in, in those scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly even in the stunt world, if you're, uh, I mean, you could be, uh, the one of two stunt guys working that day, or you could be one of 20. Right. But if the stunt coordinator, uh, if it's near wrap time and some mats could get put away, uh, you don't, you want to be the guy that, 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 uh, that jumped at taking those mats to the truck yeah. for whatever reason. And, and, and often it's just, uh, it's like the looking for work thing. It's like, you're like, I don't want to be, um, what, what's the word? I just don't want to be, I don't want to feel useless for one second right. because this, my job is to, to fucking go yeah, and, uh, and to be part of the team and blah, blah, blah. And when you're the guy who didn't, who missed the mats, you're like, Oh fuck. And you actually sit there going, oh, well, I need work. Yeah. I need work just yeah, yeah. to look <laughs> a certain way or whatever it might be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you got to, you know, you got to keep busy. I mean, there's there's times on set where, you you know, you can definitely relax and, you know. Of course. And and take it easy. But uh, uh, there, there's always that extra that you could put in. And, that, and that's going to make the difference on camera for sure. If, uh, sure. If you don't like make it into a team like everything you do is like there's so many few jobs in the world that's um uh individual base and like i learned that a long time ago in the military it's like anything we do we're in a team like there's no you're not alone you're never alone you need to trust the guy beside you the guy needs to trust the guy beside him and you need to do things as a team because you're never going to accomplish anything unless the guy beside, unless you trust the guy beside you at a hundred percent, right? Can I ask what your team made up of? Like what do you mean? Like you were, you said you were a machine gunner. 
Yeah, so like Afghanistan, I was a corporal. Like ne- like right now, I'm a warrant officer. So like now I. So what's a warrant officer? Warrant officer is um, above sergeant in the Canadian military, and a warrant um, like my posi- position uh, specifically right now is I'm a platoon warrant. So I control. Um, I'm the second in command of a platoon. So a, ca- uh, a captain or um, a, se- a lieutenant runs a platoon, and I'm his second in command. So. Um, the officer runs all like the tactics and I run all the, like the personnel weapons, equipment and all that. Ah. And, and the warrant officer is always usually more experienced than the officer itself. So I also, um, uh, have the job as a consultant to the officer. So the officer makes a decision just like a director makes a decision. And like, I, I guess, you know, in your world, think of me as like the, uh, the first AD. The director controls the show. The first AD runs all the movement hmm. around. And that's what a warrant officer does in a platoon. Um, in my regiment, um, uh, I'm fortunate enough right now is I'm the platoon warrant of the uh, paratrooper t- platoon of the Queensland Rifles. That's my regiment, the Queensland Rifles of Canada, uh, in, um, based in Toronto. And uh, my job is like uh, working with the para platoon, the para company, or the para uh, guys, all the guys that are paratroopers in my regiment. And, um, we train in all like paratrooper aspect, jumping into, uh, exercises, preparing to, we try to jump every almost two months to keep current into our job because just like in anything, like we talked about in peace prepared, we're training, jumping out of airplanes to potentially at one day, if our country needs us to jump into war, to, to capture an airfield or capture a military outpost or whatever, we're ready to go at any time, right? And that's the whole aspect of in peace prepared. We need to uh, keep going uh, into our training in times that we're not being attacked. We're not being, uh, but we have to be ready for that, right? It's like the notion of like, everyone always like, every time I see people like talk about Canadians, they're like, oh, Canadians are great peacekeepers. It's not like, we're not trained ever to be peacekeepers. In none of my training, in all my years, have I been trained to become a peacekeeper? I've been trained as an an infantryman, a rifleman, a, a fighter. Um, in in our job description, is close with and destroy the enemy in any weather in any weather condition or terrain. That's our job to the nth degree. We're not there to become to get peace. You need you know war fighters, right? Um, and we're not trained, but when we do peacekeeping missions, you're sending war fighters in there to keep the peace. Those are the guys that could, like, if you need to turn it on, we could turn it on. But we're never trained to keep peace. The only time we really keep peace is when we ch- send, like, badass Canadian dudes to keep the peace. That's that's where you get the peacekeeping aspect of it. Sure, we're known to do peacekeeping missions back in the 90s and things like that, and that's great. We we're Absolutely, we, we could take that on. But they're not sending peacekeepers to do that. They're, they're sending infantry guys to maintain peace. Those are like war fighters that are like ready to go. Um, and so we're never training to be like this like peaceful thing. We're ready to fight at I, any time. I love right that. There. Yeah. I'm yeah, proud that that. I, thanks for saying that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. I, I got one more little thing. Yeah, man. Uh, no, just not. Can I say my little thing first? Yeah, of course. Thank you personally 
for that picture over your right, your left shoulder. Oh, that one, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, man. From from uh, Mayor of Kingstown, you had all of uh, Robert's team plus Hamish oh, sign that killer. for me. Yeah, yeah, made me cry. That's amazing. We wrapped. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome for that. He only man. cried for a few days, though. You know, but all the respect to you, Randy. It's like you picked the team, you picked the guys. It was it was all your show. It was all your sort of decision, and then you let us do our thing. You let us like, and I I've seen stunt yeah. stunt coordinators be like, you know what, you, you don't know gun stuff. You're gonna do it my way. And it's like that's fine, cool. This is your show. But but you did the opposite. It's like you are the gun expert. You guys know how to do this. Do it. And then we will figure out the stunt afterwards, and then it made it all better. And it's like that's someone who's who's confident in yeah. what they're doing. Well, yeah, for sure. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's amazing. That's huge for me. Yeah, it was a great time. I mean, the the relationships we had on that set is, is just and they, continue. Yeah. And Yo, they continue. Yeah, I I I don't know. I think I I'm not sure if I said this to Sean or not. Actually, but whatever. Um. I do believe I've been on set with a million stunt guys before, but this is a million stunt guys that are just glad they got the job. Yeah. Glad they're yeah, yeah. there. Uh, you know, okay. It's cool that you're here and we get to say, Hey, but if it was just going to be one of us, glad it's me, whatever. That's the way. And, uh, I, and I love, Hey man, I love the stunt guys and, and, uh, the camaraderie that may come with it. Except the moment I started training with you guys on MOK, I look. I was it was a gift from my uh, my dad to to help me uh, get on this team, and then it was uh, a gift to be trained by you, and then it, even further, it was a gift uh, that somebody like uh, Gordy, Floody, or Shawnee was on the team to add tips and tricks and all the other shit from their own uh, singular perspectives. It's fucking brilliant and beautiful. Um, but the best part about the entire thing is that the show has wrapped and we're still brothers yeah, totally. today. Totally. The camaraderie and the fucking integrity and respect and just everything that comes with being a team, being a cop, pers- uh, a cop at the the, this level uh and and military at this level and oh buddy it is one of the coolest things in the whole world and i and i'm stoked still to this day yeah, it was a lot of fun. about that picture and knowing all you guys and being a part of this and that you're here today with him the whole thing yeah, it was a lot it's of fucking fun. awesome it's a lot of fun man it was, it was it a lot is. of fun it really is in in any team you do like you you always do these small stunts or like in any um small stints with teams here and there no matter like stunt teams uh SWAT teams military teams um and you have this like sort of little like history with them and that will always stay with them like some of the guys that I've served, uh, whether in my regiment or guys I served overseas or guys that I've served on military courses, like those are like some of the closest friends that you could ever have. And uh, it's like you've been to a, to war and back with them, and uh, it's uh, it's like a lifelong uh, aspect. I'm surprised, like after that show, we didn't all get tattoos. Like, oh, <laughs> dude, dude, me too. Uh, Let's yeah. not count that. Uh, me uh, too. Man. It's so happy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, man, I'm ready. Yeah. Well, um, hey, Seth, let's design a tattoo and and 
And uh, let all the boys. Uh, yeah. Oh, we could there's the tattoo it. right there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the patch you made. Yo, patch, legit, yeah. man. Yo, that's I, right. It's I, cool, actually. It's it's um, yeah. Designing that patch and actually having Taylor share it and give like the okay was actually pretty cool. So good. Yeah. And I'll tell you, if I wasn't, if I didn't work in front of the camera, I'd get that tattoo right here over my heart because that's how much I loved it. But because I work in front of the camera, I don't have to get it on my dick. Yeah, that's so, fine. That's fine. Or your now, ass. Your ass. You're never gonna. You're never well, gonna have true. your ass on set on well, camera. Well, but there's still more the likely ass. ass than there is. That's true. Yeah, just hey, saying. Okay. Okay. Well, hold on. Um, okay. Number one, uh, you got to sign the table. Okay. Everyone yeah. signs the yeah, table. We got to sign up. Sign, sign the, the table. table. Sign the table. Uh, but I just wanted to ask uh, real quickly. Um, some movie things. Yeah, man. Number one, when someone get one song, I this is more for people. Way to take up three quarters of the table. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Take a picture of the signature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now keep going, keep going. Do what you're doing. Oh man, I love it. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Adam. That's great, man. but no, just uh, before we before we shut her down, um, when someone gets shot in real life, do they blow back? Do they no. fucking blow? Oh up my god! Like that's the one thing I fight with every stunt coordinator ever. It's like every time they get shot, I, they, there's always like the scene with a wire getting pulled back, and it's like, boys, like. <laughs> I'll show you videos of a guy getting really shot. Like Speaking, they just, yeah, he doesn't do. He doesn't like wire work. Oh, uh, wire work's the worst. As a stunt guy, I, I mean, as a coordinator, You're I imagine right. you do wire work. When no, you have I to. don't like it. Yeah, but he doesn't like it because of the lack of realism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so or anyway, someone gets sorry. shot and then just jumps. No, back I don't like jerks. Behind, behind a, a glass and flies six feet from like a, a pistol. Like it's just insane. Yeah, it's right. Insane. So at what point would someone get blown back off their feet? What, what like what either like like some sort of crazy like shotgun or like a cannon RPG that, RPG sure but like when a rifle or a bullet goes through you it'll rip right through you your skin and bones like you think of like what stops a bullet right a bulletproof armor steel plates that stops a bullet if it goes through a human flesh it just goes rips right through like in and out no question asked and if it actually kills a person. They just shut down. It's if just, it actually kills if the person. It goes, just shut down. Like, I always like, I try to tell people, like, remember those like toys as a kid? Like when you press it, it just like drops like, like, um, oh, those like, yeah, they push the button, push on the, the button and they just collapse. Elastic. That's how a real body like goes. It doesn't get blown by, right. by some crazy wire. You know, it's like, you, you've never seen that in real life. So I don't know where that wire came from. They, I, I think it's just as grandioso, like like movement and you know uh, i remember i remember working with one stunt team from asia and we showed an actor a really cool move like a really cool gun move that he would only learn from a military guy and he loved it he used it in the film but the stunt team hated like they're like don't you dare train an actor to do that He's like, that's our job. I go, but you guys don't know that job. You guys know how to do like some crazy flips with some wire work and like jump 15 feet in the air. But like, <laughs> and the actor asked us, like, just let it happen. Like some, I think some people like get worried about like their job in the movie industry and, and, but like, okay, 
we do guns let the gun guys like have a word and we'll let you do your thing but like uh, once you add realism to it and real realism it looks better it always looks better um when you when you add these like fantasy stuff it's like i think people get pulled out of it pulled out of it way too much yeah and and we forget about that in in the in the movie world but people use movies as like a, as their their documentary yeah, as like yeah, something to tell them what's real. What's yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Well, I saw it in Saving Private Ryan, yeah. so well, we could do it. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. So when when an explosion happens, yeah, when an explosion happens, and people walk away like all calm, like well, uh, the cool that. guy in explosions. Yeah, yeah, there's that. There's I think like I think I think it was like the seed of. Um, the other guys where like the explosion happens they're like oh my god this is the worst my ear my ears uh, it's ringing it's not like the movies yeah that's exactly how it is how is it that comedy handles yeah it it handles it more authentically yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird it's weird like that all right yeah that's the film that's that's, that's how they do things Uh. well yeah what do you say Adam, thanks. where are we at? Where are we at? Thanks for coming, Adam. Right. Thanks for having me. Two forty-five, I think. Something like that. That's a blast. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. come again. There's more stories. I mean, there's more times. Uh, love it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're so fucking interesting, dude. Uh, all the things that you do and uh, the experiences you've had. Uh, and next time, we'll, we'll I'll take you skydiving, and then we'll do another show uh, talking about your experience. That'll be sweet. And we'll I'll just sit here and listen to you guys. You yeah, come, yeah. you come, bring uh, the beer and barbecue and a camera. And I'll and a shoot camera. It. Perfect. We'll do it. We'll do it. Done. We got to do it this summer, though. Do it this summer. Yeah, yeah. I really want to. Yeah. I want to. You got to do it. Let's just no, no, no. You can do it. Not that you want to. You're doing it. You're okay. Doing it. Okay. Yeah, just just doing do it with him. Doing it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Me. All right, we're doing it. Oh, they're shaking there hands, it is. folks. It's there. <laughs> you're coming back soon, then. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll do it. Done. Right. Done. I really can't wait. Yeah. I want to skydive. Okay. Fucking doing it. All yeah, right. we agreed. It's happening. Adam right. Winnick, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, thanks. Yes. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for doing thanks, the podcast. Pal. I appreciate. It. Thanks for coming. Yeah, man. You this was uh, going again. Yeah, you guys are doing something awesome here. I think it's nice to you know you guys have that different aspect of. Uh, the different side of the the movie industry, especially like it's you're not hearing the actors' perspective, you're hearing like the down and dirty. So it's cool. Yeah, it's thank you, you guys man. are good. New, uh, We're and, and the fun. and the the logo is the best. Oh, fucking a. love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man, it's really weird though because they gave him nothing on the chin and a little mustache, and they gave me a full, full mustache, mustache gray with a long beard. Well, yeah, it seeing as no your sense. baby bush, you need to have the uh, <laughs> that's true. The full, the full mustache. As well. That's true. Yeah. All, All right, right man. Good. Thanks well, for having me. Again. Thank you so much. Cheers.